from WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Good morning, East Lansing. Another Sunday edition of the Green and White Report, 11 a.m. Hope everybody's doing well on this MLK weekend. It's Sunday, January 19th. I believe this is episode 131. It says 130 on our doc, but I don't think I changed it. That's unfortunate. Uh, but episode 131 of the Green and White Report, as you can probably tell, no Ryan Rabinowitz in studio today. It's just me, Julian Mitchell, and Ryan Collins over here. Collins, how you doing? Good. Doing great. Fantastic, fantastic. But no Rabs, he's in Nashville, living it up. I will say this. I love Ryan Rabinowitz. He's great at the show. But the one thing I miss the most when he's not in town is that ride here. Did you walk here too? Absolutely brutal walk. (laughs) That was worse than any walk of shame anyone could ever have taken. I I, I don't know about that. But at the same time, you're walking through the cold and you're like, oh my, why do I not have a car? Why is there no buses going right now? You just ponder life on that 20 to 25 minute walk. From where? Acres to Holden. Yeah, Acres, it was unreal. It felt like the stretch kept getting longer and longer. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, why don't I just have a car? Could I have called an Uber? Probably, but that's money that I don't I, have. I will say, like, my friends always get mad at me because I'm like, yeah, I'll be there in, like, 30 minutes. They're like, just call an Uber. It's, like, $5. I'm like, that's $5 I'm never getting back. I'm not calling an Uber. Exactly. And if I can walk there, I'll walk there. It's going there and then the return trip. Like, for this, that's easily 10 bucks just for me to come into the station. Well, you can't do that. Well, I'm cheap, so that's probably why. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> like, like, I will spend money on things that I like and I feel is necessary to me, but things like an Uber, actual transportation to a place, yeah. God, I will not spend a dollar on it. Don't. I know. I, know. I will walk. I have two feet. Uh, but anyway, we both made it here, so yes. shout out to that. Mm-hmm. So good time. It's MLK weekend. What you doing for the weekend, Collins? You embracing this nice, what is it, four-day weekend, three-day weekend? Yeah. Last Yesterday, I watched like five movies. Oh, I, nice. I, yeah, I was under the weather after a long night on Friday night, but I, I watched a couple. Have you ever seen About Time? That's I, the one. Is it with Rachel McAdams? Yeah. 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 I've seen that. Tears. One. I was crying good, my eyes one. out. <laughs> that's I, a good one. I was one. like, uh, I, I was so like depressed after the movie. I had to watch a like, three episodes of Parts and Rap. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, just so I could go to bed. It was unbelievable. Great movie, but I was crying my eyes out. That's a really good one. Does it crack your list? I know you have like a list of your top what uh, rom coms. Yeah. It's not. I mean, I don't even know if that's a rom com though. It's like True. way. It's so sad. It is. I find those are some of the best ones, though. The rom-coms that, like, just really hit you in the feels and are just sad but yeah, beautiful at the same time. I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Very sentimental for the early morning. I like that British guy, though. I don't know what that actor's name is, guy with the red hair. Good guy. Good it's, I, is I, it, I, yeah. Hold on. Now I got to figure it out. I feel it's like not it's Ron Weasley. Dom Hall Gleason, I think, is the guy's name. Is it? I, th- I think so. Hold on. We're, we're Googling. Yes, it is. Got it. Okay. Yeah. You are the only person in the East Lansing area who knew who that actor was. I know very strange, like, actor names for some reason. He wasn't, he was in the newest Star Wars movies. He oh, played okay. one, The general who got, like, the crap beat out of him at, like, every point in the movie. Like I've said, I've never And then never he also plays, um, is he Bill? I think he's Bill. He's one of the Weasley brothers in Harry is Potter. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And, yeah. Yeah. People but- are going to. Be mad at me for not knowing exactly yeah. which brother he is, but I'm blanking right now. Yeah. Either way, that's why I know him. Okay. 
Yeah. So there's that. How's your weekend? It was good. It's been good. I've just been chilling, staying in, watched a ton of college basketball yesterday. Ooh. I was horizontal on my futon just watching basketball. Great slate. Did you, wonderful. Did you watch that Oregon game? I watched bits and pieces. I was flipping from that, and I think it was Kentucky-Arkansas that was on at the same yes, time. Yeah. And I was flipping back and forth, but I caught the ending of that Oregon game, and my goodness. I will say this. Peyton Pritchard, uh, like, I've followed Oregon basketball the last couple of years, and he's one of, he was really underrated last year, but not, now he's starting to get that shine. Those two shots he hit at the end of regulation at overtime – Insane, unbelievable. That last one, I don't know how he got it. Like he had the strength after playing the whole game and overtime to hit a step back twenty eight footer and then not just all like nylon. That was unreal because it looked like he had no legs. He barely had like any lift and barely any. I mean, not that much separation. I know. Yeah. It, it's wild to me. Unbelievable. I still don't know how players play with tired legs. I I played basketball the other day with with uh, Hank and Joe. And we played maybe six games. My legs were gone. I took a three. It was woefully short. If Joe's listen, did Joe get in someone's head like he usually does when he plays pickup? He did. Joe. Joe. Uh, Joe. Joe had a. Uh, he had a rough day at the office. He had a couple of good. He could hit a couple of good shots. I personally think I got in his head. Uh, Hank and Joe were guarding each other pretty much for every game we played. But I was Hank's. I was Hank's backup. I was his. Uh, his, yeah. t- his trash talker. So anytime I'm just like Hank. I mean Joe. If Hank nails his three in your face, he's automatically station manager. Like, <laughs> he, he takes the keys to the office. Did, can Hank hoop? Hank can hoop. Really? Hank is an, an athlete. I didn't know that. that dude, he's got a jump shot. He can get inside. The, the pace he plays at, unbelievable. Honestly, don't know why he doesn't have a D1 offer. Does he try harder than Joe? Because no one tries harder than Joe in no. pickup. Hank is Hank is chill. Hank will if he doesn't have the ball, he'll he'll make a couple of cuts, but then he'll just kind of wait till he gets it. Joe is like Clay Thompson. Joe's no, Joe like is I'm gonna Rip run Hamilton. you through screens and everything. I'm like I don't why. It Joe is literally Rip Hamilton. You get down to the floor, he's got his long sleeve UCLA shirt. <laughs> Every single time I played picked up, he's worn that shirt, and I'm just getting decked by people while I'm trying to run through screens. I'm like, no, what, dude, you just take the easy layup <laughs> take because. The shot. Because I'm going to throw up if I have to chase you all day. It's ridiculous, but a good time hooping. Either way, getting into the show this morning, we'll start off, I want to start off with some national news. Not A lot of things going on in sports over this past week. Um, start out with uh, some positive news with the WNBA. Uh, the WNBA and the Players Union came to an agreement on a new CBA this week. It was on Tuesday they announced this. Um couple of things going in this new CBA, starting out with the comp- compensation. There will be a 53% raise in total cash compensation. It's meant really to reward the top players by a lot. You get a little bit uh, shelled out in raise for some of the regular, the other players in the league. It, nothing, you know, overly exciting about this. It's not like they're actually reaching what they want to in terms of every player not having to take a secondary job or play overseas, but it's it's a step in the right direction, and I think that is a, a big trend for everything in this new CBA. Um, they also got an upgrade in travel. They've like coach, which is yeah unbelievable. I, I mean, I get it. Like I know the WNBA does not make a lot of money, and I understand that. But having the NBA back them and the amount of money they make, and if they want to grow the game, it just makes phys- like it made sense to be like, hey, we'll lose some money with the WNBA, like, but we're we're doing this for the right reasons. We're doing it to grow the game. 
So it, it, it was a smart decision on all parts. Exactly, exactly. And so with their travel, they upgrade to premium economy class now. Um, big thing was about maternity, maternity leave and for a lot of mothers in the WNBA. So for new moms, uh, prior to the CBA, teams had to guarantee a player on maternity maternity leave just half her salary, although uh, they had the option of paying it all. Now all of it is guaranteed for a player going on maternity leave. Uh, going along with that, child there's a child care stipend there will be workplace accommodations for nursing moms uh two-bedroom apartments for players and their children just a lot of different things going into helping um new moms and just mothers in the league which is which is huge i think this cba while it isn't anything huge and overwhelming it's a step in the right direction and it's obviously something that i think it upgrades the quality of just life as a wnba player i will say this i don't watch a whole lot of wnba but I, as I can tell from playing 2K and hearing this stuff in the last <laughs> couple weeks, I feel like the biggest problem is that they're having their players go play overseas and they're making a yeah. lot more money in those places. I believe Brianna Stewart got hurt playing she did. overseas. Yeah, she did. And you can't like lose your best player to overseas. And I, I don't know. I think the WNBA season's like, what, 30 or 40 games? Yeah, around there. Yeah. They. They gotta like figure it out where they separate. They can't go right after the NBA. Like I don't need basketball right after the NBA like ends. You know what I'm saying? I I don't know like where they find like that downtime. But like, if say it's like there's no basketball at all and it's just like in the middle of the fall, I'd be like, you know what? WNBA game on Wednesday night. I'll watch the Lynx play the Sparks. Why not? Yeah, I can see. I, it. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind. You know, the summertime ball and they play. You know, yeah, 34 games. But it definitely the overseas play is the is the big issue. Like there should be no way these players play throughout an entire thirty four game season, and you know you're trying to build up your product, yes. and you can't have them play thirty four games in a season, and then immediately there's no off season, there's no recovery. It's immediately go overseas, and then you have to play another long season there. I will say this: I'm I'm asking you this question, in all honesty, I have no idea what is the difference between the WNBA like. Players Association, they were working with the NBA, right? Or is it the WNBA has like their own type of thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I believe the WNBA has their own type of thing. Really? I think so. Okay. From my understanding of it, it but, seemed like they yeah. were working with the WNBA. Yeah. But I mean, what is it? 150000 base salary? I saw something like that. It was in yeah. that range. That's pretty good for playing like 40 games. That's pretty good. Like, It's definitely, yeah. Because yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of people get you know, kind of skeptical, and I guess, I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but feel how they do about the WNBA and saying, you know, pay yes. pay raise, and they're talking about, oh, well, they can't make millions of dollars. That's not how much money they make. Yes. Which, I, understandable, I, yes. and I think the players understand that as well, and they have said that, but the difference is in the percentage of the revenue from the sport that they get. Yes. And that's what they're they're really arguing for and trying to get. And again, like we've said, there's no way they're they should be playing overseas. Like imagine if, you know, the NBA all these guys aren't getting enough money, so then they have to go play overseas and LeBron James gets injured. It's wild too, because you see like Candace Parker, she's on TNT in the off season or she's doing an NCAA tournament coverage for CBS. Like imagine like like oh Kawhi Leonard is just like in his off season he's doing NFL on CBS yeah. like it's it's just kind of it's kind of funny that way not funny but you, you it's weird to see. it is it is it's crazy but uh 
It's definitely some big moves made in the WNBA. Still a lot of work to do, but big news on that. And then another another big scandal that has been breaking out across Major League Baseball, the sign-stealing scandal. I got, uh, I got a lot to say about this. You got a lot to say about this? Yes, I do. All right, well, I'm just going to quickly summarize kind of what's going on in this last week or so. Um, so starting with the Astros, MLB came out with one-year suspensions for uh, GM, the GM and manager of the Astros, loss of draft picks in 2020 and 2021, and a $5 million fine after the MLB investigation found the team using technology to cheat during its World Series winning 2017 season. After that, Astros owner Jim Crane fired the manager and fired the manager and GM from the team. Um, Red Sox also parted ways with their manager, Alex Cora, uh, who was implicated for his role on the Astros bench as a bench coach. Um, so just a lot of penalties coming down on that side. So, Collins, I'll let you jump into it first. I will say this. I think this is good for the MLB. They, they, they are so irrelevant right now because they market their game in the worst way. I love baseball. It's a regional sport, though, at this point. It, 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 like, they don't have any national appeal. Like, if I'm watching, like, Thursday Night Baseball on ESPN and the Tigers aren't playing, I'm turning the channel. I'll watch in the playoffs, but whatever. But, like, agree. yeah, but, like, some news is, like, good. Like, all news is good news, I guess. I don't know. But at the same time, it's uh, for the Astros, like, you heard this for a couple of years and you didn't think this was going to be a big story. I will say this, though. I don't know, like, if the MLB, like, is, like, questioning the integrity of the game and stuff like this, this could have been a non-story, though, if they really wanted it to be. I kind of do respect that they, like, went way overboard and was like, you know what, these guys didn't start it, but still they're getting suspended for a year because they let it happen. So I I get the integrity part of it, but, like, if you're baseball, I feel like this could have been a non-story if you really wanted it to be. That's what it definitely... When you look at it, this could have been swept under the rug. I mean, these easily could have been shorter suspensions. It might not have even have to have ended in a firing from the Astros. But for this to be one-year suspensions and not even – I mean, the dra- the fact that it's top draft picks for the next subsequent years is huge. I mean, it, the $5 million fine, you know, that's whatever. Yeah, you, like you A.J. On, Hinch, who cares? Exactly. But draft picks are now given up from 2020 and 2021. Yeah, but – at a team like the Astros where they're in still win-now mode, even if once they fired their GM and their manager, I don't know who they hire at this point. It was kind of funny with all the, like, the baseball Twitter was becoming, like, basketball Twitter. It with was all unbelievable. The, yeah, with all these, like, burner accounts, like Carlos Beltran's, like, mother-in-law. Yeah. Carlos Beltran, by the way, got fired for zero reason. Can someone explain to me why Carlos Beltran got fired? He was, like investigated, no wrongdoing done by Carlos Beltran, and the Mets are like, we're going to leave him, we're going to get rid of him because, hey. yeah, It made no sense to me. They said he didn't do anything wrong in the investigation. Why are they punishing him for that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's another, I think it's the it league no and everyone sense. else. It, it is, it's crazy. The but Mets I think are it's the stupid. And everyone else saying they don't want, I mean, it's knocking it off. It's getting rid of all of this that yeah. stems from the Astros and the Red Sox. Baseball's better with cheating, let's just be honest. <laughs> it just is. I Don't, think I saw somebody tweet that. Like, if, no. the, if the MLB takes away cheating, we're just going to be watching guys hitting singles all night long. No, it's not even that. Like, I mean, in the 70s and the 80s, before, like, steroid era, they were doing, like, greenies and all that, which is ba- it's cheating. Like, you're taking all those, like, different, like, 
like focus drugs that's cheating too and, and then you take steroids and you got the home run like race cheating is better for baseball get you in the news maybe <laughs> like, like i remember like this is very vague because i was very young when i was like five or six when they went to like the supreme court because of oh, steroids yeah, and baseball yeah. if we could get like another supreme court hearing i think baseball would be back I mean, I I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree, but I I agree to what you had said earlier about this baseball Twitter becoming basketball Twitter in this sense was the, wild. The amount of people I saw who became like Twitter investigators and were looking back at games and looking like, wow, shoot, what game was it? I think it was against the Dodgers. Well, uh, with Altuve, yeah, when he's he's running into home plate. And oh no! It was the Yankees this year when Yankees. he hit the word. Yeah. Okay, Yankees. When he's he's running in, he's like, "Don't take off my jersey! Don't take off my jersey!" And everyone's like, "There was a buzzer under there. Yeah, we it, got him." And then we got like the Mariners' third base coach's son, who's like, "Yeah, Mike Trout has is taking steroids because he has this thyroid thing." And and and, and that, I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" I'm like, "Why does this guy have any power?" The third base coach for the Mariners, <laughs> the most irrelevant franchise probably in Major League Baseball, <laughs> is telling me, hey, my trout, cheater. I'm like, okay, dude, go back to Safeco Park, whatever that place is. They have the weirdest retractable roof in Seattle. It's kind of crazy. It's kinda, Collins, I do want to ask you and kind of explain to the listeners as well, because there are some people I think yeah. who I've seen like across Twitter and stuff. Can you, can you speak to the sign stealing that is kind of – not, not necessarily cheating or not. This is not the sign ceiling they're talking about when you look at the Astros and Red Sox. Well, I when you look at sign ceiling, it's always been like an issue. Like when, when there's a guy in second base, they're they're trying usually to tip off the batter if they see something, and and then the pitcher and the catcher will usually switch up signs. But like, are you? What are you asking? I know the the stuff is because they have cameras behind. Yeah, I guess that, in that center was it field. to explain. And then the... they were just like banging on trash cans. There was a rumor there was a buzzer. But basically is like, and you could see it in that home run by Araldis Chapman. Like, Jose Altuve is up in the box. No one is up in the box on Araldis Chapman who's throwing like 101. And he's just sitting on a breaking ball. It's a little suspicious. Uh, and... But at the same time, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I kind of I, I respect it out of Alex Cora and AJ Hintz. They want to they want a World Series. No one's taking that away from them. They MLB already said they're not going to vacate it, and I don't think they're going to suspend any of the players. If you're an Astros fan, I wouldn't care one lick. I, you can tell people they have an asterisk around their trophy. I'd be like, cool, we have an asterisk. We still won. Who cares? Well, it's a lot like the NCAA. Like, yeah, it's like you yeah, can't yeah. tell me something didn't happen when I watched it happen. Yeah, Reggie Bush, not a player at USC. Yeah, I, I don't remember him. Yeah, don't remember any of that. It's it, it's ridiculous. But a lot of stuff going on in the MLB. Uh, it's been a cra- crazy week. Good for week. The MLB, Rob Manford. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, but a lot of things coming out. Things will continue, I believe, to come out with the Red Sox and other teams as well as they look more and more into the electronic sign stealing that has ravaged baseball at this point. Uh, but that's stuff I wanted to hit on the national news, things that have just been going on this week that I felt like we needed to talk about this Sunday on the show. So we'll move on, go back to our Michigan State-related topics. And for this, we bring on Alex McCray to talk some Michigan State basketball had a couple of games that we didn't get to talk about since our last episode on sunday uh so we welcome on mccray how are you i'm doing great how are you i'm doing fantastic great to have you in here love the jersey by the way thank you gardner menchu there we go i was hoping he would say it yeah i mean it was a christmas gift uh is that real no yeah it was yeah it's a it's a real gift uh girlfriend was 
very, wow. very uh, Generous. thoughtful of, uh, you know, I just mentioned it in passing one time about how it'd be cool to have a Gardner Minshew jersey. And then she said, well, I don't know if you'll like it or not. And I love it. Wow. So, That's I, so nice. I yeah. have like such a dumb brain that like the things I get the most excited about for Christmas are like the things that are least useful to me. Like, if I get a jersey that I, like, sort of wanted, I will be fired up, even though I will wear that jersey probably twice in a year. So, like, I I got a UConn football flag. My brother just got it randomly, and I was like, this is my favorite gift. Wow. This is, um, these are better than the AirPods I got. I feel that. I did, I got really happy this Christmas. I got uh, another Michigan State jersey. Just a nice, it's, uh, like, 32, yeah, Greg Kelser's number. Oh, nice. On the back. But I was like, this is sweet. It's Special nice. K. Special K. The Love GOAT. Uh, but continuing on our talk with Michigan State basketball, a couple of games to go over. We'll start first uh, with the Spartans getting embarrassed on the road by Purdue at final score in that one, 74, or excuse me, 71-42, looking at both numbers combined. Uh, 71-42, the final score there. It was probably one of the, the worst games for Cassius Winston. Just 10 points, 5 assists, went 4-13 from the field. 0-5 from beyond the arc uh, and matched a career-high nine turnovers in that one. And Alex, I want to get your quick thoughts on Purdue's game plan against Winston. Well, they just doubled him and had really physical uh, defenders on him pretty much all the time. No, uh, no Gel Eastern had a, a great game defensively in that one. He still hasn't really figured it out on the offensive side of the ball. He's a preseason uh, All-Big Ten player. But, man, that was just uh, an awful, awful game for Michigan State. I mean, Give all the credit to Purdue for just making sure Michigan State was off their game. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't rebound. They couldn't pass. They couldn't do anything right. And that leads to the biggest loss by an AP top 10 team in college basketball history. Mackie flu. The Mackie flu. This Michigan State team hasn't been able to play a Mackie. Yeah, Last year they got housed too, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think there's a little bit of a dangerous narrative going around the Michigan State fan base right now where they're starting to accept these kind of games where they say— What do you mean? They're like, well, it, it always happens. You know, I, I they're like that, Michigan but... State, oh, you get one of these games all, all the time this year. No, no, you don't. You don't get a, a 71-42 loss all the time. No, you don't, but who cares? At that point, a loss is a loss. No, I, I, I agree with you there, but there comes a point where you start to see a little bit of a dangerous narrative growing where you accept this kind of poor performance, and you can't really do that. Like, Duke doesn't do that. Kentucky doesn't do that. North Carolina has had to do it this year, but typically doesn't do that. I think the thing with Michigan State basketball, they get so much credit for going out and playing people in the non-conference. People kind of forget that they usually get housed in those non-conference teams against elite opponents. Like you looked at the record against Duke and like UNC and Kentucky in non-NCAA tournament games, it's not very good. Like, and then when you go to Mackey, a place they historically have struggled, unless Purdue's very down, and Purdue's not that good this year. They really aren't. I mean, they put up thirty-seven on Illinois. <laughs> yeah, like they're not. They're not very good. Michigan State just—that was one of the worst games I've seen out of Michigan. Xavier Tillman was the best player on the floor. I thought in that first half, and they were down twenty. That's hard to do for one player to play that well and the rest to play that poorly. I mean, I I think that just goes to show how great of a player Xavier Tillman is, yes. how underrated he is by this this fan base. I mean, Cassius Winston obviously deserves all the credit that he's gotten, but Xavier Tillman has kind of been that guy in the shadows a little bit where he has been 
arguably the most important player on this team for the last, what, three weeks now since Christmas? Yeah, and he's been absolutely fantastic. We're talking about a guy who's uh, averaging a double-double, I believe, at this point, or close to a double-double, and has put up double-doubles in the last three or four games. He's been fantastic, and I think what you get, what you look at when you see Winston and Tillman, this is, I mean, a very, very poor man's version of it, but you're looking at a very Stockton and Malone-like kind of two-man game. I mean, these are two guys who are operating probably at the highest level out of a pick-and-roll set that you will find in college basketball. And Tillman's been great. He's done everything they've needed him to be. And in these last four games, I think people have remarked on how he came out to start the season not looking like the player everyone wanted him to be. And I think he's he's been playing up to that point. And you got Winston and Tillman. I mean, that is a dynamic duo that can pretty much break any defense you throw at them. Couldn't beat Purdue in this one. And that's kind of my, my next question leading. When you look at this Purdue defense and you look at what they had, obviously, I think when I look at it, teams aren't going to have the, the amount of time Purdue had to game plan and prep for Michigan State coming into Mackey. And obviously not a lot of teams are going to have a Mackey arena for a team to come into. Uh, but do you think Purdue gave the rest of the country a blueprint on how to stop Winston and this MSU offense? I think they gave them at least a little bit of an outline, maybe not a, a full comprehensive blueprint, but they, they at least know that it's possible now. I mean, Cassius Winston looked like a complete shell of himself. And then even fast-forwarding a little bit to the game uh, on Saturday, or Friday night against uh, Wisconsin, he didn't look great either. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what... Indiana is able to do when they have a, a decent amount of time to game plan for him uh, Friday until Thursday, this coming Thursday, and they have a great home field advantage as, as well, home court advantage. So I, I think it will be interesting to see how Cassius Winston responds after two down games like the ones he's had recently uh, going on the road against another great quality opponent. I mean, Indiana's 14-4, and four, guys. They're a good basketball good team. team. Indiana stinks. I'm sorry. I'll just say this right now. First of all, Archie Miller should have stayed at Dayton. But I know what you're saying. Indiana is a tough comp. They're coming. They're in Assembly Hall, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so, and that's that's the problem. Like yeah. you saw last year, Indiana was not very good. And Michigan State completely laid an edge. They can't play at the Indiana schools. And not a lot of people can either. I, I was going to say Indiana is a historical basketball powerhouse at all levels, so it, it just really kind of makes sense that the fan base would be really fired up about these teams. And especially, regardless of record, Indiana fans are, you know, ruthless <laughs> in, I, yeah. in, in terms of uh, in terms of their, their love for the team. And now that they're even better, I mean, they're at this point in, in the season, they're very they're very much in, in play for an NCAA tournament bid. Yeah. Something they haven't been able to get to in the last couple of years. So Yeah. When, oh, go ahead. I was just uh, Julian, I read your article about Aaron Henry. I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. You saw him on Friday actually be aggressive against Wisconsin. I think that was the best he's looked since maybe Maui. And, and if he is able to produce for this team, he's the missing piece of this team. I understand that Kyle Arnes is out for a while. They lost Josh Lanford for the year. Aaron Henry is the missing piece for this team because Gabe Brown is a guy who I, I I don't I can't see him being productive like enough to make up for Aaron Henry not being that piece. No, I, I I agree with you. I think Aaron Henry definitely has more of an ability to make his own shot. It's I not. Think, it's not I even think, that he can take anyone baseline. Yeah, exactly. literally anyone. 100%. Exactly. Uh, Gabe Brown doesn't have that capability. I mean, Gabe Brown can. You know, he can shoot from the mid range. He can shoot, and he can finish on the fast break. But I don't know if he's going to be able to finish through contact regularly. If he's if he's 
in the half uh, in the half court. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I Gabe Brown too is a guy who I I don't know what his for his splits are on road and home, but he's just a guy who plays really good at home and he he's a a role player. Exactly. And, and Aaron Henry is not a, he shouldn't be a role player. Aaron Henry it should be your number two or number three guy. And to see him be aggressive on Friday was a good sign for them. Exactly. And so, yeah, we, we will jump ahead really quickly before I get into that. Uh, Friday, Michigan State returned home for a bounce-back win against Wisconsin, a final score in that one, 67-55. to And, Collins, you said it. Shout out. Thank you for reading the piece. I appreciate it. Always it was appreciate good. the looks. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, but like you said, Henry has to be this third piece. Um, I don't think – Winston. I mean, and I said it with Purdue, um, and it is, as you said, McCray, an outline um, – but there's a way to you. There's a way to stop Winston and Tillman. You can make life harder on them and force everyone else to beat you. And I think that's one of the reasons when you when you're a team who goes out on the road, you go to a Mac Arena or you go to an Assembly Hall. That's your game plan, because like you said, Gabe Brown's a role player. Yes. He, he is not going to be the guy who's going to beat you on the road. Nope. And you're going to need, when the going gets tough, when Winston and Tillman have rough games, as Winston has been having, and I thought uh, against Wisconsin, it wasn't necessarily Wisconsin's defense. He, he missed a lot of shots that he usually would make. Also, like, it was kind of a weird – I think that was, a lot, like, the least minutes he's played at Michigan State in probably, what, two years? I he, think didn't, he... he didn't play that much for his standards. He got a lot of time on the bench. I know he kind of went out a little bit injured in the first half. But, like, he didn't play that much, which is a good thing. I think Michigan State should reduce his minutes because Foster's actually played a lot better, and Rocket looks like he's ready to contribute a little bit more than he has. Yeah, and that's who we can go into. I definitely think you look at this team, Henry has to be your third star, but what they're going to need is shooting. I, yeah, I, I mean, when it comes down to to Marsh and even later on in these, some of these away games, there needs to be an ability to shoot the ball and stretch the floor. And if Henry can put it on the deck and he can be the guy to take it to the rim, but you're going to need a Gabe Brown to hit threes. You're going to need a Kyle Arns to hit threes. And moving on with Cray, I want to talk about it. Rocket Watts is going to have to hit threes, and he's going to have to come off the bench and be a spark plug, and he was um, in this game against Wisconsin. You and I were both there and, and kind of got to watch it firsthand. He finishes with 11 points, goes 4-7 from the field, and 3-5 of five from three. Uh, what did you see from Watts in this one? And how much of an impact will he be? Is if, will he be for this team if he's able to turn the corner? Well, I think that Rocket Watts has an enormous amount of potential. Uh, I mean, you you see what he's able to do. Those step back threes, the, that's James Harden esque, right? I mean, the, the, that's crazy how he's able to make those shots. And I think if he's able to reach his full potential here at Michigan State, he can have a similar James Harden on the Oklahoma City Thunder six man off-the-bench shooting effect, right? I mean, the guy has his ability to make his own shot. Tom Izzo said in the post-game presser that he has he's it's the best guy he's had with the ability to make his own shot, maybe ever. I I will say this about Rocket Watts. If he doesn't travel, he's pretty good on offense. Yeah. <laughs> he tra- he like travels like two or three times a game. It's pretty funny. That's the same. Between the three of them, him, Henry, and Brown, it Travel. is a consistent – and it's usually it's and I think, you know, college basketball is calling it more, yeah. but more when they, they get the ball, whether it's on a break or just on the wing, and it seems like they don't necessarily know if they want to shoot it or go yet, and they're just in the in-between, and then yeah. they go, oh, I'm going now, and it's automatically a travel once they pick up both feet. Yeah, was, it, Rock, Rocket can't, like, sorry for cutting you off, but, like, Rocket, if he's able to start shooting, catch-and-shoot threes and be able to knock them down at, like, a 35 to 40% like mark, 
that makes this team a lot, lot better. Because at this juncture of his career, he's not going to be handling the basketball, which he shouldn't because Cassius Winston's probably the best point guard in the country. And like you said, Rocket can make his own shot. But right now, like when he gets in the lane, he does not finish. It's a volleyball practice when he's laying the ball up. Well, I will say that there was one cut that he had with uh, a Tillman assist in uh, in the Wisconsin game where he was uh, in the corner and then he cut. He blew past Brad Davidson. It, yeah, it it was. There's no contact. He has the ability. He's so fast. I mean, yes. there's a, there's a reason why his nickname is Rocket. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that he has a, an immense offensive upside, and I think he. Is pretty much already there defensively. I mean, yes. there are a couple of things where you you question, you know, his mindset on it, where you know he might have a a frustration foul or something like that. But he's a he's a dog on the defensive end. The guy is a lockdown defender. I mean, Izzo compared him to Keith Appling, like right before he got into campus, yeah, and you did. can and, and if you remember what Keith Appling was in Michigan State his freshman year, it was a lot like Rocket Watts was. I know that Michigan State team wasn't as nearly as good as this Michigan State team is now. So Keith Appling's role didn't really matter as much. But he was just like a guy you're like, okay, he's going to take over the offense in a couple of years. And you can see that in Rocket. And he can, like you said, he can create for himself. He's one of those weird guys, though, who just shoots better off the dribble. It's just... He does. One of, I think yeah. he just has a knack of, of getting to that hand. And I, yes. I think it's also just an ability for him. I think... You know, until he gets there, I feel like he has a, a better vision of being able to just kind of go and release yes. rather than sitting. You catch and shoot, you get it, you relax, you're in the motion. It's just kind of I think, and those are the shots I think he took at Spire. Mm-hmm. More off the dribble, more sensational step back moves, moves that he's kind of more used to than a oh I'm sitting in the corner waiting for a pass and then shooting. Dude, it's crazy when you like imagine playing on one of those high school teams. You got like Lamelo, Rocket Watts. Yeah, the kid who went to Georgetown, uh, Isaiah Jackson, who went to Waterford Mont, I believe he transferred back. But just a bunch of freaks, and you got to get your own. Like that's wild to me. It's crazy, and it's also like that's one of the few things when I when I look when I look back on my life, and I'm like, I wish I could have done. I wish I could have been on a dominant just sports team, basketball, football. Like to be there and to just knowing that whether yeah. it's you or whether it's another guy you're playing with yeah. is just going to destroy a team by 40 and you just get to watch and be you a went, part of it Didn't you go to high school with Jason Tatum? I did, yeah. And it was really, it was cool to watch that. Was he, like, did you guys win, like, every game? Is your, is your high school historically good at basketball? Yeah. Okay. I had a lot of uh, David Lee, Brad Beal, Jason Tatum. Okay. Yeah. That's sick. What yeah. are you... <laughs> What are you talking about? You basically, I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely lived it from watching it as a fan, but like to be on a team and to be, like that's freely being able to talk trash. Yeah, that is true. Like, I mean, I, that's just being good at sports. I'm just not that good at sports. Yeah, I wish I'm, I was I'm better. Yeah, I, I was going to say the high school highlight of my sports career was being able to watch Deontay Davis tear apart my high school basketball team in my junior year. I mean,. Yeah. I took a quadruple bogey on the last hole of state championships to shoot an eighty-five. So that's my high school highlight. <laughs> I definitely don't think I definitely don't think about that when I go to sleep. I definitely don't. Ooh, well, all yeah. right. That's yeah, that's, yeah I know. That's Sorry, sad. that's okay. Um, uh, before we're moving on from Michigan State basketball, we'll get set for a Thursday matchup at Assembly Hall, taking on Indiana. Quick thoughts: What do you expect to see out of this matchup? I expect it to be pretty much a, a more of the same of what Michigan State's been doing the last two games, where 
Cassius Winston isn't going to have the great effect that you're going to see from uh, that you, that you're accustomed to seeing. I think that he can still be effective, but I think he's going to have to get other guys involved first, and I think that will really be the key to whether Michigan State wins or loses this game. I don't think Cassius Winston's going to be the one who's going to be able to win it for him. I think it's going to need to be somebody else, like you guys said, Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, Rocket Watts. If somebody else is able to step up, Michigan State will walk out of Assembly Hall with a W. But if it's just going to be Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman, it could be rough. Will be a good matchup at Assembly Hall. Spartans have struggled on the road, especially against those Indiana teams. See what goes on on Thursday. Luke Sloan and myself will be there in attendance for that game, so be sure to keep it locked uh, on Twitter and everywhere else for all types of content coming at you from Indiana. Uh, McCray, thanks for joining us for basketball. Thanks. All right, we're going to head to a quick break. On the other side of it, we got college football talk. Uh, we'll be right back. My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst, and the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without big brothers, big sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old, that means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping big brothers, big sisters help a child. Start something today at bigbrothersbigsisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and the Ad Council. He's going to have to throw downfield. He's got Brandon Boyer right in his face. Thrown down towards the field. Well short of the end zone. Going to get batted down. Michigan State wins. 21-17. They stole that over the field in Michigan Sports. 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 Now that we have your attention, volunteer positions are always open with the Impact Sports team. Get experience covering Michigan State athletics and producing sports content, including articles, podcasts, videos, live play-by-play, and so much more. No prior experience is needed. Visit impact89fm.org slash volunteer for more information. Join the team at Impact Sports. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Starting off on the other side of this break with some college football. Before getting into that, I want to make sure we give out the phone number and the number to text. So if you want to get involved with the show, tweet at us at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GWReport and call or text. Uh, the call number to call is 517-432-3893. Number to text in is 517-884. 89 89 other side of this break college football it has ended um we are in the full swing of college basketball season but we must give our our in memoriam to the college football season so Alex McCray is going to stay on for this and discuss a little bit of the the national landscape of college football with the championship game going on this past Monday and then also give a couple thoughts on Michigan State football um so starting first nationally uh, LSU takes out Clemson in the national championship game. <laughs> the score was 42-25 to 25 in that one. I want to first talk about Clemson. Um, and, and specifically, I want to look at Trevor Lawrence and his Clemson offense. Uh, it it kind of came in and kind of felt Lawrence was going to have a really great game. And it's usually what he's done on the biggest of stages, what he's done pretty much for, for all of his career. I think this was the first game he had lost since high school. Um, and he probably played, I think, his worst game as a Clemson Tiger. A lot of overthrows mm-hmm. and just seemed like it wasn't 
up to par with the performances we've seen from him and especially for this Clemson offense. So I want to get your thoughts on that offense, what they look like, and what the Tigers may have done to uh, to stop them in this championship game. Well, LSU has great defensive backs, and I think the LSU defensive backs just won the matchup against, against the Clemson wide receivers, and that's now no uh, ill will towards the Clemson wide receivers because that's a fantastic unit, but Man, that, those were just the clash of the titans right there. Two of the, the best two units pretty much in college football are Clemson's wide receiver core and LSU's uh, defensive backs core. And it was a great battle to watch. Trevor Lawrence looked a little off. He had a, a couple of overthrows and just really wasn't on target passing the ball. He was still great running the ball. Uh, he had, I believe, a few uh, rushing touchdowns or so, but... Um, he he looked a little off, and I think that happens when you play a, a great team like LSU. I mean, this LSU team is potentially an all-time college football team, like all-time great. This team is phenomenal on both sides of the football, and LSU has been a little suspect at times on the defensive side, but they've they really made up for it in this national championship game. They showed out, and they just had a, a, a great showing. I will— I want to sorry to try you off. Oh no no! But I I will say this: Trevor Lawrence played unbelievable in the first half and in that first drive in the second half. Once LSU started to get a little bit of pressure, and I think those cornerbacks settled in because Grant Delpit was not very good this game. He was not yeah. good at all. Their second cornerback, I forgot his name. He's supposed to be a first round pitch. He stunk. And, and, and but like other than Stanley, I I, I mean that secondary has been ripped apart, and I get Clemson's not first-round talent on that offense and those receiving cores, but they were getting ripped apart until they were able to make some sort of adjustment. I, I didn't think Trevor Lawrence actually played that bad. I don't think he played bad, no. I mean, I, I think it's just the first time he really played against a legitimate type defense. of adversity, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. yeah. Like, I think, and I'm not, yeah, I wasn't trying to say he he was bad and that he was he played an awful game, but in comparison to what we've seen from Trevor Lawrence in his Definitely. career— this is the first time I felt like we've seen him be, you know, quote unquote, shaken by another team. I, I didn't feel like Alabama allowed, was able to do that to him. He was still he was great in that game, but LSU and I, it's part of what I think LSU has done, and the, I think the confidence and swagger that they walk onto a field with. This is a team with, with dogs on either side of the football, and I think it was a big part in in what ended up being looking at the final score, a, a lopsided victory in their in their uh, their feeling. So moving on to LSU now, you kind of touched on it, and I, I want to start first with with Burrow and the absolutely fantastic game that he played with the fantastic season that he has had. I, I mean, how great is he? Where does he slot in in the ranking of great college QBs? Because obviously he doesn't have the the, the four year career that some or four to three year career that some of these other college quarterbacks have. But I mean, this is probably the most incredible season a quarterback has put together. Yeah, I mean, in terms of production-wise, I don't think there's any better. I mean, Joe Burrow, what he has been able to do this season, it's unseen before, quite honestly, because, I mean, he has 60 passing touchdowns in 15 games. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. That's exactly. that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he torched a legitimate Clemson defense. That That defense is good. He torched them for... 463 yards and five touchdowns with a completion percentage over 70%. Which it didn't even feel like that. And that's the thing when I when looking at Clemson's defense, I actually like what they came out with in the first half. I felt like they did a good job of bringing pressure, of having guys back and ready to go. 
But I feel like they, they got beat on every deep ball, every deep pass of receivers open. And, I mean, you're looking at a guy who, especially throwing a deep ball, can put it on the money. It, a- it was A.J. Terrell for Clemson, P.U., have a worse team as a cornerback. I actually, uh, funny funny note here, I saw a mock draft. I forget what mock draft it was, but in the second round had the Lions selecting AJ, AJ Terrell. Terrell. Yeah, he played absolutely <laughs> the horrific. Most, the most Lions pick ever would be getting the guy who got absolutely toasted in, in the national championship game. I mean, you look at the LSU wide receivers, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, 18 receptions between the two of them, 327 yards. Unbelievable. That's it. I mean, that's Crazy. that's all you really need to say. I Crazy. mean, that that that's the difference. And so, continuing to look at the numbers, I, is this is this the I'll just cut it to cut to the chase. Is, is this the greatest team of all time? The best, even the best offense. I think it's the best offense. I I don't know. I I think this recency bias stubs. can play a a it's lot insane. into it. But when you see a quarterback that threw for sixty touchdowns and believe it, six interceptions. Six. I know. Insane. No, but like, I, I, Julian, when you say that question, I honestly think they are the best offense I've ever seen in college football. Personally, I'm not that old. I'm 20 years old. But I'm just saying, like, I've not, like, they look back at those USC offenses. Yeah, they had a lot of talent. I think this LSU team almost has more talent than them. That's what I was going to, I mean, th- like, Burrow's better than Liner was. And I, I get they had Reggie Bush and Lindell White, but at the same time, they, they have dudes everywhere. Justin Jefferson, stud. Jamar Chase, stud. Thaddeus Moss, stud. I don't know how to say they're Clyde, whatever, running back. He's a stud. Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that Clemson did that I re- like really surprised me, and it worked early, is they played a lot of press man against an LSU team. They played a lot of set- – they played like five or six secondary guys, but they were playing press man. They weren't dropping back in the zone. They were playing aggressive. And then Burrow just was throwing dimes, absolute dimes on those deep balls. Like Jamar Chase – Dropped, I think, two or three balls. He dropped a touchdown too. Yeah, I mean, Burrow was on the on the money all day, he all was. day. And he this whole season, it's crazy that LSU has probably had the best offense in the last ten years, considering where their offense has been the last ten years. They've stuck on offense. Jordan Jefferson was their best quarterback until Joe Burrow, and Jordan Jefferson stunk out loud. He wasn't good. Well, I think there has to be a lot said about uh, the ability to adapt adapt to the landscape of college football because are, are we talking Michigan State football yet I, because I, <laughs> I think I think this we'll this might be a transition into that because LSU like you said historically inept on offense they they have not had a legitimate like great offense maybe since Jamarcus Russell back in like 2006 yeah. I mean that's 12 years, 13, 14 years since— Matt Flynn, maybe. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, even that Matt Flynn team, I mean— Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Nothing nothing too special. Yeah. But they adapted. They, they actually adapted. hired competent coordinators. And, I mean, it's also—it's it's kind of—I look at it kind of like Alabama and what they had to do. They didn't expect to get a Tua Tagovailoa to be able yeah. to throw the ball. And I think Burrow coming here, it's an adapt, and they adapted to what the, to the tools they had. They had great right receivers. And rather than continue on the track of, a, you know, the, the Leonard Fournettes of the world and play smash mouth and have an aggressive back, they changed to a guy in Burrow who is put on a, a show this season. I mean, they hired Joe Brady, who is now the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. He was their passing coordinator this year. And they were just 
at, they were like all right last year on offense. Like Joe Burrow didn't kill them last year. Yeah, this last... year, yeah, I, I don't know what they did in the offseason, but it's just great coaching. Their scheme was so good. Last year, Joe Burrow completed 57.8% of his passes, had 2,800 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, five picks. This year, he has a 76% completion percentage, 5,600 passing yards, 60 touchdowns, and six picks. I, I mean, that's a turnaround unlike anything I've ever it's seen crazy. before. I Ever. It, oh, my God. This makes me so sad being a Michigan State football fan. <laughs> like, just so sad. Like, can we do something? Can we hear anything? It's been three weeks, and I don't know if they're making staff changes. They're not. I, I didn't do a press conference <laughs> or something. I'm on pins and needles. I, I'm just waiting for a press conference where you just be like, yeah, we're retaining everyone. Fine. I, I can get behind us being six and six, and that's three years. I just want to know at this point. Well, I, th- I think you knew. No. After the pinstripe bowl. I, I, and I think, Alex, you've talked about it and we've talked about it together, that that game goes differently than maybe. Yeah, maybe the, the first pre- press conference after that is, hey, everybody's gone. But the way that it went, I think that solidifies that there's not going to be any changes. Wake Forest's defense is worse than Grand Haven's defense. Alex McCray's high school. They're, the Grand Haven's defense to put up a bigger fight than Wade's defense. That should not be indicative of the fact it that shouldn't. they're – their offense is so bad, so bad, and 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 then another thing, not to like vent, Deard Kin, the kid from Houston, he's going to the University of Miami. He announced that. Shout out to Joe Dandron who gave me that little tidbit in the studio. But uh, if Michigan State doesn't go out and get one of these grad transfer QBs, they would be insane. I can guarantee they won't. It's in. They need another quarterback in that room. I understand if Rocky Lombardi is gonna be your starter. Why not go get a Chase Bryce? Why not go get like somebody who's more polished and isn't actually an accurate passer? Collins, what you're saying makes complete sense to me. It makes complete sense to everybody in this building right now. And it won't happen. But I can guarantee you it won't happen. Because the coaching staff that Michigan State has right here currently, just that's not how they operate. Next and they, they just won't adapt to the times. That that's we've seen it, and that's Next what's question. just going to continue to happen. I I mean it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I just I'm not like shocked that they're not. I didn't think they were gonna make like sweeping staff changes. I did think that Jim Bowman would not be here anymore. I did think maybe they would make us shake up again in the offensive staff and try and figure out a way to make this offensive line productive. Nope. Nope, we're just fine with being, like, I was so sick and tired of hearing this, too. This was the minimum of games we win at this program. Six games? That should not be, like, even, that should be Seven. A fa- yeah, Seven. whatever. It should be a failure. Like, they, he was like acting like it was like, oh, it was just like a down year, but we had a successful year. No, it was a complete failure. You returned, like, 17 starters, and you went six and six. No, I mean with the defense that they were that they returned, with the offensive starters they returned. Guess what? Their defensive coordinator had a terrible year too. Yeah, I their defense was, you know, I mean, still not bad, but not nearly to the level that they needed it to be to win the amount of games they wanted to. But at, at this point, Mark D'Antonio is not going to make any changes. Uh he said he was going to explore the transfer portal and <sighs> guess what that resulted in? 
a walk-on transfer from Illinois. Hey, long snapper. I think that's the worst part. Hey, we need a long snapper. Like, I, I think I can <laughs> I, I, I can move past the coaching changes and the fact that there will not be any coaching changes. But what I think is so frustrating is the fact that this team clearly has holes. And there is not a, a sense of urgency to go and look and grab transfer. Like the fact that Chase Bryce is out there, He's looking for a place to go. And like every website I've seen has said his top choice should be or is for a team to go after him is Michigan State. I'm pretty like I because he was recruited. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Honestly, I don't think Chase Bryce was the biggest recruit Clemson ever got. But like he was productive when he went into games for them. He was only a three star. Yeah, but like he will always be remembered for that Syracuse fourth and like 13 throwing a bull at the T Higgins. But just do something. Like, that's the thing. I, I, It's so complacent, and it just shows how bad this athletic department is right now and how, like, no structure there is. And I understand they have a lot of things going on beyond, like, the sports program that's way more important. But do something. Just do something. I can convince myself if you make the littlest move that they're going to be better next year. I have not, There's nothing to hold your hopes on if you're a Michigan State football fan. Right now, there's zero, and it's, I, I like, I I've been always been a guy who's like I'll let Mark Antonio like run the program and in the ground while he's running the program and ground. Yeah, no, I mean at this at this point, there's no reason for any anybody outside the football program to think that the team will improve. No, because no. they nope. will objectively get worse at the defensive line position, regardless a lot, of a lot worse. regardless of who plays there. They will get worse at the defensive secondary position. How you know you can criticize Josiah Scott for his his lapses all year this year, but whoever you throw in there will not be almost, as good as almost Josiah Scott. certainly be not as good as Josiah Scott. And the only group that I'm I'm really confident in next year is is the linebacking core or I wide think, receivers. Yeah, wide receivers too. I mean, even with Cody White leaving. Cody White some is talented guys. Yeah, I mean they're losing a lot of talent this year. Julian and I were talking about it. They could have four or five guys go to the combine this year, and for a team that was seven and six, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, it, I, it is impressive, but it's impressive how that talent was wasted. Yep. Yeah, that, four that's or five guys go to the combine. It's pretty impressive to to not be able to only manufacture seven wins out of a season. And I think you know Collins and all of us and I were sitting here. The beginning of the season, at the end of the off, at the end of the season last year, saying, "Oh, this could be a team. They return a lot of people. This defense is great." And here we are. They'll be healthy. They'll, they'll the offensive line will get better. They've played together more. The offensive line that they threw out there at the end of the season was better. Was significantly better than any yeah. of the starters they started the season with, outside of maybe uh, maybe Allen at center. But say Matt Duplain, they played very well this year when they got an opportunity to play. They and they Carrick. Did. Yeah, he was. He, I mean, a guy that you never really expected to play here. He was productive when he played. So I don't know. I I, I get sad when I talk about Mission State football now. I think I think at least there's some hope at the offensive line position because those guys were at least able to stay there's relatively been hope for like healthy. Three straight years and nothing has happened now. Okay, but at least there's some good play to back it up. With the other guys, there's more hope like, of development. At least with these guys, they were decent enough to stop a, 
a, a pretty solid Wake Forest defensive line. I mean, you talk about how bad their defense was, but they, I mean, it stinks. Their defensive lines had some guys on it. They, I have, guess, yeah. So they had a good. Who's that? They had an Ed Rusher, who's like a pro, yeah. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he was like an All ACC de, uh, edge rusher, and he only got to Lewerke once. So yeah. it's I I would characterize that as a, a success. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of success out of the Michigan State football program. Still some time uh, before before spring really gets around for some changes, an announcement, a press conference, anything to be heard from. So we'll keep you tracked on all the news coming out of the football team. I want to thank Alex McCray for coming on, being here for basketball and college football. Thank you. We'll pivot now to wrestling. I'm going to bring on Aiden Champion. He was there for the wrestling team's Big Ten home opener against Rutgers. They lost them at that meet 25-12. to 12. Uh, Aiden, first off, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. This isn't your first time, is it? I don't believe so. It is my first it time. It is your first time. Yes. Oh, wow. I thought you had been on before. Well, no. welcome on to the Green and White Report. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you here. <clears throat> and you were at the, the meet against Rutgers, so I want to get your thoughts and takeaways from that meet and what you saw there. Yeah, you know, um, they fell into a deep hole too early, and that's been the storyline for the past three dual meets they've had. First one being against Michigan, and then the one uh, that I attended uh, that was against Rutgers, and then... Friday night against Minnesota. Um, and I think uh, the problem with Rutgers was that um, it just happened to be that the the peak of their lineup uh, came towards the end of the dual meet because they, uh, they didn't win uh, a match until the 157-pound weight class with uh, Jake Tucker, who won uh, in a fall. Um, but... Yeah, uh, Coach Chandler had talked about it. He said they gotta, you know, they gotta strike first blood. They gotta, they gotta make that first move, and that's um, unfortunately they haven't done that for three straight dual meets. So that's kind of a problem for them. Yeah. Aiden, I, I, I gotta ask Aiden a question because in the it. Big Ten, wrestling is like a big deal at schools like Penn State, Iowa. Like they sell out their arenas. Michigan State, it's not really like that. What is like the vibe of a wrestling, or like a wrestling meet at Michigan State? Well, you know the fans, f- fans make it what it is. It it really gets intense in there and loud, especially in. Are they at I M West in Jenison Fieldhouse? Jenison, so. okay. Um, but yeah, the there's fans who get into it, and there's, you know, there's there's a lot of very committed uh, families there supporting their wrestlers. Wrestling's a hype sport. I love yeah. I love watching highlights of like. Oh, did you see this takedown? Like all that stuff. Great, great I, highlight. Yeah, I think sport. Uh, from the from the meet the other day in Minnesota, the Minnesota BTN or whatever tweeted out a, a, a clip of one of their wrestlers just absolutely pinning somebody for it's. It's cool to see the clips. You, I like the, seeing it. I also saw something where a Minnesota wrestler was just like grappling with like Brock Lesnar. He just came in oh. for the day because Brock Lesnar went to Minnesota yeah. and like won a national title. But that's just like imagine walking into practice and you gotta see that animal. You're like, hey, let's grapple with Brock Lesnar. This t- like two hundred ninety pound steroid guy. That'd be horrible. Like a Tuesday practice, you just so walk mad. in and just like, hey, hey guys, today uh, we're gonna grapple with Brock Lesnar. Oh, excuse me. No, I'd be <laughs> like, it's like when you would get the practice is like, okay, ten and ones, guys. When you're going to like basketball, yeah. and you gotta do like, you're just like, oh. that, that's something you dread seeing Brock Lesnar in a wrestling room. It is not good. Uh, but as you said, it Aiden, the, the Spartans have struggled so far this season. It's just four and five. Uh, they've lost the last, lost the last three meets they've been in. What's kind of been going wrong for them? You know, I think um, as I touched on, they just they get into a hole too early, and um, 
that in wrestling especially that's really hard to bounce back from and you know you once the, once you get that first win i think that's what really um you know gets the rest of the team going um but as i said with this Rutgers dual meet that that first win didn't come until the very end mm-hmm. and there were only um three individuals who had won at the end so i think uh you know you that first one has to come first, and it's got to come much earlier than late in the, the dual meet. Yeah, and one of the guys who who got the win and has been a bright spot on this team is redshirt junior Jake Tucker. Uh, he leads the team in wins at this point. He's got an overall record of 21-13 and 13, uh, on this. Or I think that was last season, if I'm looking at the stat. Yeah, it was last season, 21-13 and 13 on the season last year um, for Jake Tucker. What have you seen out of him and, and, and kind of this last unit, as you say, for this wrestling team that's been able to go out there and at least secure some wins for this team? Yeah, Jake Tucker, he is he's something else. He's an animal, honestly. I mean, uh against Rutgers, from what I saw, um this this team was down, they looked defeated, and then Jake Tucker comes in, gets that pin, and he starts hyping up the crowd while they're they've got quite the deficit going on. <laughs> and he's just into it and his his team's getting into it and you know, whether from that point or not that they were gonna make a rally, which they did. It was late, and you know, it didn't have a huge effect uh, in the outcome. But you know, he, his teammates surely are behind him, and he uh, he gets he gets the crowd going, he gets his team going. So he's definitely a great asset to have on that team. Big wrestler, eighteen and four is his record on this season. Uh, Aiden, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be sure to have some more wrestling content coming the way. Uh, their next meet will be at home once again against Maryland this uh, this Sunday, actually at three p.m. Um, that match will be going on against Maryland at Jenison, and then again on uh, Friday the twenty fourth, they'll meet with Clarion at Jenison Fieldhouse. So Aiden, again, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Julian. No problem. We're gonna head to a quick break. On the other side of that. I know you've been waiting. The Sparty Awards. We got a good one for you. See you after the break. They all can't be as strong as we are. 89 FM. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. They say all good things must come to an end. Well, they obviously never heard of Impact's online stream. Go to www.impact89fm.org and listen to our never-ending live stream as much as you want. The delicious music never has to end. Take that, they. Impact 89FM. Ooh, I'm feeling this music. I'm feeling it right now. Uh, ever since Josh Butler put that like story of him listening to the song, I can't stop listening. So this song's fire. You can just let it play out. Uh, but welcome back to the Green and White Report. Second hour of the show coming at you. You know what happens on the other side of the second hour. The Sparty Awards. Wait, wait, wait. I got to cue up the it? music. Yeah, oh, I got it. Oh. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Green and White Report is proud to present this week's edition of the Sparty Awards, brought to you by Impact Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Rabinowitz and Julian Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, Ryan Rabinowitz, he's in the back, had a little bit too much champagne uh, at the awards show, so he's back there. Good to be here. Good to be here. Okay, you gotta you gotta present the topic this week. I am so presenting our topic, our topic for this week. Your nominees for top movie basketball players. I've thought about this one a lot. Saw this coming across the Twitter timeline. Uh, Shea Sharano gave his like t- his uh, his starting five, and I was like, this is perfect. I mean, as a guy who exclusively just watches sports movies and stuff like this, <laughs> this is a perfect topic. It's wonderful. So I'll get it started. I'll I'll, I'll get it going first. Uh, this one this one was probably the easiest pick for me. Um, and it, it's got to be Lola Bunny. Dude, get out of here. Lola Bunny stinks. Are you kidding me? She's good in Space Jam, but... She's like three feet tall and dunks with ease on bugs. Well, Lola Bunny, like, her whole appeal is that, like, she's, like, the hot Bugs Bunny, I guess. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that I mean, in, yeah. in Space Jam, that's how she distracts people. That doesn't mean she can hoop. I think she can hoop. She, uh, again, dunked with ease. Athletic ability is out of this world. She can jump out of the gym. Okay. Whatever. Like, come on. I Come guess. I, I okay. Mine, my first one, very obscure. It's from a Martin Lawrence class at Rebound. Keith oh. Ellis. I don't know who you know. Keith Ellis, the yeah. point guard guy, was unbelievable. <laughs> I Absolutely love it. I love the that. rebound pick. Rebound. What a great movie that is. It's a great movie. Honestly, I love Martin Lawrence. There are very few. I haven't found that many bad sports movies. No, like, there's so many bad sports movies. What are you talking about? Like which one? What's the worst one? I mean, there's like sports movies in general are just like not that good. But like the uh, that's fact what that I mean. But like I could, I feel like I could watch any of them and pretty much be entertained. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like the fact that it, I haven't even seen it yet, but the wrestling movie, the newest rock wrestling movie about the, uh, I, it's a it's a true story. I feel oh, like the, the woman's if the rocks name, in it, I'm but the I'm rocks in it, yeah, it's I think it's like in the family or something oh, like yeah. that. But it's supposed to be really good. Haven't seen it. Um, but again, a movie like that, I could watch that, be entertained. I have, don't. Never liked WWE or anything. How do you not like WWE? I don't know how this came up. We're talking about basketball movies. I know. We transitioned, but it's it's fake. It's fake. I'm sorry. Who cares? It is what it is. I can't get behind it. They don't hate each other. Reality TV's fake, and I watch all of that. Eh. I I don't know. Whatever. 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 Pivoting. Scott Howard. Teen Wolf. This is... Um, What? I I mean, okay. And I'm I'm not even taking Teen Wolf version. I'm taking Human. Human person. He was fire. He was a baller before he became Teen Wolf. I guess. You I, guess what? I don't like Teen Wolf that much. Really? It's a weird movie. I didn't like the second one with um with with Jason Bateman. Yeah, the that, Bateman. That one was bad. That yeah, was... I, I I didn't watch that. I just remember Teen Wolf was like a show on MTV. Also it, a great show. The guy, people loved that. It like, was really good. I I strangely. I guess I feel like they just had a bunch of like hot dudes and just like girls loved it. They're pretty like, much, pretty much. Like, wow, this guy's just smoked. I'm gonna watch this on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch this on MTV. On MTV. Uh, so that's my next one. Scott Howard's great. Okay, and that's Quincy McCall from Love and Basketball. Absolute banger of a movie. I've seen it maybe a million it's times. It's so good. It's on. It's on Netflix, and I think you have the best story of just seeing it on in Comarts. First of all, yeah. What? 
for some reason now that do have you noticed it? I might because it's Black History Month or something like that. But they play BET and uh, Tom Arts now. That would be so funny if that was like their plan for Black History Month to just be like, yeah, we'll play BET. <laughs> like, thank you. It's like, and you're like, yeah, let's watch Martin. <laughs> that, that, that's that's funny actually. But yeah, it was on and Tom Arts. I was like, wow, why? It, it, there's no volume to it. I'm like, why? Why is this on? Love and Basketball, great movie. Not great movie, but I just enjoy it every single time I watch it. Quincy Mattel, great jump shot. And also, something about Love and Basketball, who's ever watched this movie, it makes no sense the neighborhood they live in and they go to Crenshaw High School. Yeah. Has anyone ever thought about that? I don't think Crenshaw is a very good area. Am I, I could be completely wrong. But the, like Quincy, they're living in a mansion. Feel like you're going to Calabasas, you know, not Crenshaw. One to give the taste of what life is like on the other side, you know. I guess I don't know. Like I'm not from the area, so I can't speak to how much. But you but know what I'm saying. I know what you're talking. I do know what you're talking about. I was like, what? What are we doing here? Yeah, I you guess. Give I a little know. taste. Sometimes you just you're like, hey, you you've been raised here, but we want, yeah. we want to see you there. Monica can hoop works. too. Can oh Monica my goodness, can, can hoop? Yeah. Can hoop. That's such a good movie. It's it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's beautiful. It's enjoyable. Like it, it combines basketball and romance. It's just like all the things I wish I could have in my life, and I don't because I suck at basketball and there's no love. So yeah, and you find out your pro athlete dad's cheating on your wife, but uh, I mean your mom. Yeah, that's Whatever. a rough turn of events. Good for Zeke. Good for <laughs> Good Zeke. For him. Uh, my next one, an absolute hooper, the guy who's getting Georgetown offers, Kyle Watson, and above the rim. Above the Rim is a f- solid film. Great movie. Yes. And I, I had to. There are well, a lot Tupac of great action. players. Absolutely, he's amazing in that. He's amazing in Above the Rim. It, I, I think yeah. it's one. It's one of my favorite basketball movies. I guess. I I, I like anything Tupac's in. That, that's yeah. It's because I feel like I'm cool. Because I'm like yeah. I like. <laughs> I'm like you know what? Tupac was in the '90s. I listen to his music now. I'm cool. <laughs> if that has any logic, at all. I like it. it makes sense. Sometimes you just want to you want to finish. It's kind of why sometimes uh, you know I, I have my Jordan takes. I'm like, I, hey guys, I oh, I know I, this. I, I've been there. Strictly, strictly, like don't like like LeBron James because he beat the Pistons when I was like seven years old and I like cried my eyes out. And I will just be like, you know what? MJ was the best player of all time. Didn't watch him once. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I've I never wasn't seen born. A game. But, yeah, like, but hey, he's better than LeBron. Better. LeBron's a crybaby. He's the goat. Trent's not here to defend him. So I hope Trent's listening. But dude, I'm listening, looking at your list, and I saw your, uh, what was it, your honorable mention, and I'm gonna take it. I don't know if this is your honorable mention or not. Jimmy Chipwood from Hoosiers. Oh no, not my honorable mention. He was in it. Okay, we need just to have a discussion about that. Hoosiers, all time white dad movie. All time. White dad my dad loves Hoosiers. It is the the quintessential white dad move like that is a staple of yes, a white dad is. life. You have had You're to like, have seen wow, Hoosiers. Gene Hatman. What an actor and that guy. You really guy have is. had to have taken a, a life lesson from Hoosiers. Hoosiers has I had guess. to have an effect on your life. I guess. I, I does it? it I feel like that and Rudy. I both movies oh t- take pace in Indiana, so yes. a lot of white people there. It always gets referenced in, I guess. in every scenario of you know whether it's you're the under yeah I, underdog stories a white dad or white is referencing Hoosiers or okay. Rudy. Sorry, I took you that I took that one, but I liked your nuts one. That's a really good one. Chitwood yeah. was a shooter. No, he was nasty. Like dude's got a jump shot for days. No, he was gross. There objectively, was a the, re- the rest line? of the team stinks. 
And then Jimmy Chip, yeah, and Jimmy Chipboard's just the truth. He put him on the back. He was yeah. Larry Bird. Not even that. Okay, that's racist. But uh, just, <laughs> I mean, just because he was white. But uh, Jim, Jimmy Chipwood, wet balls. Every he was just money. He was money from three. Money. Uh, my next one. You have to pick this one. There's not a lot of big guys to yeah. pick in mo- in movie basketball players. A lot of them are guards. Yeah. Um. So you got to go with uh, with Neon. He plays a lot like Shaq. He is, crazy. Shaq. <laughs> he is Wait, Shaq. Wait, say his full name. How do you say it's it? It's Neon Bordeaux. Uh, Bordeaux. I, I love how they like, like that. We gotta get someone like from like Louisiana. Let's give him the most Louisiana name of all time. It's crazy. I I looked at it because I, I forgot exactly what it was in the movie, so I had to Google it, and then I was like, you know, I can't, I can't try and say that on air. I yeah, I guess. I don't know. Blue chips, great. I love blue chips. You combine Shaq and Hardaway in a movie. Who's the white guy in that? Was he a basketball player? No, I wait. Because because uh, it's Penny and Shaq. Yeah, it's Penny and Shaq. And then I, what's it called? And I'm not. Cowsey's in the movie. Bob Cowsey. Is that who he? Bob Cousy. Cousy. Did I say Cowsey? Yeah. That was Cousy. not. That I know Dicky Dicky V's in the movie. He so is, is Bob in the movie. Knight. Yeah, and Bob Knight. Yeah. So I, I I mean I guess I mean I don't know. I think I, that may. Know what I'm saying though? Like, yeah, Nick Nolte's the other guy that I'm thinking yeah. of that's off the top of my head. He's the coach. He's the coach. I don't know. No, but there's a third like big recruit that they give the money to. Like he's from Indiana. They give another guy a big recruit. I don't know. Blue Chips, good movie. Great movie. Great movie. But I had to pick him because you need a big man. I needed to fill out with a big man, and so Shaq's gonna be the big man on this list. And then uh you can you wanna take your next one or you want me to go with my honorable mention? I was gonna say this. And my brother, Kyle Collins, will appreciate your honorable mention. You should say it. All right. My honorable mention, the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Johnson, the luck of the Irish. All-time Disney Channel original movie right there. So good. It's so bad, but it's so good. I, like, it, it, like, back in the day when I was, like, very, very young, when, like, five to six area, it would be luck of the Irish, all the Halloween Town movies. Those yes. were fire. And then... I think when I, I don't know when the High School Musical came out, but that's when they changed the game for me. And then I was all in on Disney Channel, and then they made like Lemonade Mouth, and I was like, no thanks. Oh, dude, come that on. movie's trash. Come on, the movie's not trash. Other than Naomi Scott being in it, it sucks. That movie, the, I I really Disney Channel, all the DComs, fantastic. I, not all of them. Some of them are horrible. Dude, come on. Which which one's bad? Which one? Which one's bad? Which, I, I could easily, one? If you're gonna say something like Stuck in the Suburbs, I could watch that all the time. Well, I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's like the age you're at, but there were some stinky ones, like very bad. There's like Smart House all-time ones. All-time. Yeah, but that was like before my time. Like, I I was like at the high school, like we were at the high school musical like era. What was after high school musical that just stunk? Lemonade Mouth stunk. Starstruck? That's, that movie stunk. Oh, come on. Bad. Come on. That movie Listen was to, so bad. Give me any song out of that movie, I can go word for word. For Starstruck, Starstruck dog. you watch that movie. Watch that movie. Wow. Did you that like Camp it? Rocks? Were you Camp Rock guy? Okay, Camp Rock had some jams in it. Camp Rock solid. Yeah. Two, not great. Other than the fact that like Kevin Jonas is just like, like looks so weird in that movie. Kevin Jonas, what a tough life that guy that, has. That was like I, he's gotten better now, and I think he has now ri- risen himself I'm, to be a vital member of the core group. He's but not back a vital then, member. He's Camp still Rock, not a vital member. I, I can't diss him like that. He's the I'm first one to get married. He started the trend, I and guess. then Nick and Joe were like, "I, I guess we got to get married now." I literally think the Jonas brothers got back together because their mom was just like, "Hey, 
Nick is bored. Can we do something for him? <laughs> like I, I, like they had to do. The something. The one I feel bad for is the younger brother. What's I think it's yeah. like Frankie or something. Okay, I mean they're I all they're all bad getting, for that guy. they're all getting money. They're, they're all getting money. money. Have you seen you seen Johnny Capahala? Any of those movies hit for you? No, I don't even know what you just said, dude. I, I don't know. Lizzie McGuire, not a Disney Channel original movie, but it's a very good movie. That's a really good one. Very good movie. That's a really good one. Okay. But yeah, that's that's my list for top movie basketball players. Did you have anybody else you wanted to throw in there? You can honestly, you can you can throw Penny in there. I, I would throw Penny in there, but eh, he's all right. I would say uh, Jesus Shuttleworth, he got game. Oh, yeah. Honestly, but I like, honestly don't like he got game. That movie kind of stinks. Really? It's like all right. Like, eh. That's a gr- I love Denzel's fantastic in that movie. Yeah, but like it's like Ray Allen and like I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest He Got Team fan. All right, all right. I honestly, conversely, I would throw Denzel in there because I I was listening I've listened a couple times to this Bill Simmons podcast with Spike Lee. Yeah, and he talks about the, the like the pickup game. game they played in there, and that Denzel like actually gave Ray Allen buckets for a minute, and then Ray he Allen was, was not like, supposed to score at all. Yeah, and I, so I'm going I'm going with Denzel. Den- Denzel's a hooper. I guess. Okay. I I also feel like I I would pick up somebody from Coach Carter. Oh, dude, I I can't believe I forgot this. Ty Crane, guy was unstoppable. Unstoppable. I I shout out to my friend Chris, and that's our neighbor. He loves Coach Carter. He texts me every single time he watches. Ty Crane was a bad teammate. He just says that every <laughs> single time. Ty Crane was a bad teammate. Coach Carter, great movie. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, I could also t- oh, did you ever see? It was a Disney movie. Um. Double crossed, I think it's what it's called. No, I think it's the mo- it's the it's the women's basketball movie with the two twins who play no, basketball. No, that movie is called Double Team. Double Teamed, it, it, which is unbelievable that they entitled the movie that. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm good with that one too. I like that movie. Okay, I agree to disagree. Okay, let's talk some Bachelor. All right, we'll get into the Bachelor now. But those were our Sparty Awards. Yes. Have any other movie basketball players? Be sure to call or text in. You got some names that we forgot, we left off the list. You can tweet at us at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GW Report. Uh, you can call or text at 517 432 3893. That's the number to call. The number to text is 517 884 8989. Now, Bachelor. Well, Ryan Rabinowitz. literally didn't care about the rest of the show, but he was very adamant that he wanted to call in for this. And being the good producer I am, I barely know how to work the phone, so we kind of cut that off. So, sorry, Ryan. Yeah, sorry, but <laughs> he I, he didn't text me, so I, he, who, yeah. I who mean, knows? He was in Nashville having himself a good time. So I guess that's like if there was a place that you were like Ryan Rabinowitz will go and he's gonna spend the rest of his life there, it will be Nashville. I guess it feels like the place for him. He's got the country music all around him. Yeah, he can sit out there well, with his cowboy boots or whatever. You watch this Nashville. week? I watch this week. It's it's insane. This this episode, and so we'll, we'll go through and we'll recap and hit hit the points along the way following the episode. Uh, this episode was crazy. A lot of stuff went down. Starting first, the cliffhanger that was with Hannah B potentially coming back into the house well, turned that- out to not happen. But I'm still I, I still don't like what went down. It was a very strange conversation they had where it felt like I was watching like Marriage Story. Dude, what was up with all the lead grabbing? It was so the weird. Grabbing. He like was literally just like kept on this like grabbing like the like I was like what is going on here? Like just stop grabbing her leg. I don't know why I thought it was so weird. So the leg grabbing, he does that to every girl. It's Anytime weird. Anytime they're just sitting with him and they're move. just talking, he's rubbing on a knee. I'm like, "Okay, Pete, calm down." No, but at the same time though, 
like they should have made they they should have kissed there. That would have intensified the season a little bit more. It, it would have. He wanted kissed. to too. He definitely wanted and to. I felt like they both wanted to, but no, I feel like Hannah a producer was to. in the ear. She got in his lap to like say goodbye, nah. and I was like, "You needed to be in his lap to be like, yeah, I'm not coming back." Like, no, no, but Hannah is just like, she's like, first of all, the producers are basically say, "Hey, can you come stir up some drama for the first couple episodes?" Just Pete's kind of a wet blanket. We gotta get some like entertainment <laughs> yeah. going, but like Hannah. Like, Hannah just showing up there in the first episode, just like talking about how much they've had sex, really like was the weirdest thing ever. I'm like, that was so weird. Anyone agreeing to that? Just be like, hey, here's a group of like 15 girls that are dating this guy I used to date. I'm gonna tell them how many times I had sex with them in that windmill, and And they're gonna love it. And first of all, the girls were like mad about it. Like, figure it out. Act like you've been here before. Who? What's that one girl? God, Natasha. Natasha was Nata- heated. I'm like, over Natasha, this. no one's here to see you. Hannah puts asses <laughs> in the seats. She just does. And, 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 like, that, that's, just, that's the fact. Like, Natasha, settle down. Come on. She was she was mad about it. So that's that's again Hannah Hannah B goes away. This whole group date thing of they were all gonna spill some sex secret that they had just goes away because Pete comes out and he's like, yeah. guys, I just want to let you know that in fact asking my ex the girl who broke my heart to come back for a group date and basically leave this whole thing was a bad idea um and i don't really i don't really know what to say at this point then they all get mad natasha is furious natasha's sitting there and she's like they're all how how i thought pete was ready for this i thought like this is the bachelor come on now i get it but at the same time i'm like natasha you're laying it on thick like you come on exactly like the like you not even 20 minutes ago, we're all sitting there like, I think I could see myself falling in love. And then immediately you're like, mm, I don't know about Pete. Yeah, dude, oh my God. First the, of all. This switch up is crazy. They, I'm so, I know this is like such a like dumb thing to say, but like, can they just like stop doing the pilot stuff? It Like, it, is a pilot that cool of a job? Like he's an, it, it's not like he's like fighting like, like he's not a pilot for like, than like an air force or like the Navy. he's a pilot for Delta. I don't need to hear about Pete being a pilot for like two months. I'm tired of it. One thing is that it's crazy how many times he says or somebody else says he's looking for a co-pilot. Oh my god! If I have to hear he's looking for a co-pilot one more time, it stinks. I might I stop watching so the much. show. It, it's so bad. And one thing you you have to notice is after the first episode, where are the, the flight attendants are gone. Yeah, are they? Like, I think all the flight, all the people who were like, "Yeah, I'm a flight attendant." They just or I thought Kelsey was a flight attendant. Is she a flight attendant? I don't know. She stinks. Let's talk I don't about know. her. She's a grade A <laughs> she drama stinks. queen. She's so bad. She's def. She has to be gone. No, I after first the of next all, one, she's gone. She, Pete's soft for not like they. I know the producers are probably like, "Hey, we gotta keep this girl on, keep the drama with Hannah Ann." By the way, if Hannah Ann did drink that champagne, like on purpose, good for her. I love it. So, yeah, so we'll hit this story. So, uh, Kelsey basically, after they come back from the group date, and then uh, Pete has his little kind of remake group moment yeah. um, with the girls who went there. So, um, McKenna, which her name is spelled My Kenna. Oh, McKenna stinks. Not a too. fan of that one. Uh, but him and McKenna, they have a little makeout sesh, and that goes well. Sydney, who I didn't even realize Sydney was still on this show. She has a great conversation with him. She ends up getting the rose for the group date. So she gets the group date rose. And then Pete comes back and they have quiet time um, with him and all of the girls. Kelsey, for some reason, 
She's she had this bottle of champagne for her birthday. First of all, you get this bottle of champagne for your birthday, and you're like, know what? I'm gonna save it for something really special. (laughs) I'm gonna give it to Pete when I'm with 28 other (laughs) girls. That's really special to her. What a complete psychopath. Is Eric Bot joining us? Wait one second. Yeah, hop on. He wants to hop on. Eric, you in? Yeah, I just gotta say one thing. First of all, happy Sunday, guys. Thank you. Happy Green. Happy Sunday to you too. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't watch The Bachelor. I will not watch The Bachelor. You should watch it. Big mistake. And because I, I just, I can't believe it. Oh, well, I just can't believe it. Like. It's great reality TV. It's not reality though, Collins. Yeah, it's well, just not. See, I don't in know. my reality, there are some parts that I buy it. Like this you whole Hannah Ann is evil. Sell this to I think me. She is. You think? Okay. I think this is her actual personality. Like some of the the scenarios are set up, but this girl is like next level. Well, Hannah Ann knows she's a lot more attractive than a lot of the girls. So let's just be like she's 100%. she's super. First of all, when she put on that beret. She, oh, yeah. she knew the game. She had the game in a headlock. Let's talk about the fashion show. How unfair it was for Hannah Ann to be allowed. She's a model. <laughs> like, no, obviously she won. No one was even talking about it. It's her job. And we got like girls like who are like insurance like salesmen trying to do it, and they're like, yeah. She didn't bring enough personality. Like, the sheer fact that Hannah Ann could walk on this fashion show, this runway, with a wedding dress. That was- On that, episode so, two? It's a winner. First of all, that definitely was not in the Revolve store either. No. That was like that was totally against the whole concept of the thing. She definitely was like, okay, someone make me a wedding dress. And the producers are like, okay, this chick's a winner, so we're going to make it for her. Here's all- one thing that I also am bewildered by with The Bachelor is that- ABC and ESPN are brother yes. and sister. Oh, yeah. The national title and this week, it was they, so stupid. That was tough. Why? I don't that know. That is how much, the, what we're saying is they still chose to air The Bachelor during the college football playoff national championship game on Monday, this past Monday. Why? They probably like. That's how important it is to them? I, I mean, I you actually. You couldn't take a week off? No. People love it. I oh, love it. Yeah, people love it. It's, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm really into it. I, I, no, really? No yeah, kidding. You I guys have, are into it? We couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun time to watch. Yes. I mean, guys, I, it's I not real. It is. Stop. You guys, you have made, for the last 10 minutes, talked about all the things that's not real about it, but, no, but you still love it. That's not the thing that gets me. It doesn't, like, I don't, yeah, I don't well, care it's, whether there's it's a real lot or not. Of, yeah, there's a okay. lot of things right. that, I guess, I guess we have different priorities then. That's there's, fine. <laughs> there's a lot of things that aren't real about it, but they're, like, people wouldn't be having kids with, like, people with The Bachelor if it was that fake. I could say, okay. like, publicity marriages, yeah. but there's people, like, with actual, like, kids okay. that went on this show. Let me clarify my take here. I don't think... I think that a lot of the banter and the interactions that happen on the show are just forced and cringy and fake. Oh, so cringy. But, but I love that. I love okay. the uncomfortable. See, I, see I, it just makes me uncomfortable when I watch I it, so I just can't watch it. I guess. So, I mean, obviously there's been you know real relationships that have come out of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, I, I guess. Yeah. Now, I, I, I wouldn't know from watching. Jordan Rogers, JoJo Fletcher. Yeah. yeah, right. Aaron's brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so... Aaron does not like his brother. Yeah, by the oh, way. yeah. don't does we know not. it? There's yeah. a there's a there's a family yeah. spat going yeah. on. But yeah. I mean, oh, it's just when the rose cut. I just I guess I'm like the opposite of like a hopeless romantic. 
No, so but it, it doesn't, I'm not like that yeah, either. It's not even hope. Like I'm a hopeless romantic. Okay. I, that does, it doesn't fill the void for okay. me. What this? I mean, d- oh, come on, <laughs> come on now. What does a hopeless romantic even mean? I feel like, like both of us low key kind of slot into it with the amount of rom coms that we've both seen. Yeah, my God, Collins, you're like the king of rom coms. I yeah, I, I love rom coms, but there's a difference between. I don't even know what a hopeless romantic means. Somebody <laughs> like somebody I, in honestly, a rom com, like like your stereotypical. Romantic so you comedy just believe in love? lead character. No, no, no. Just the way Because that... I believe in love. I'm not oh, a no. heartless <laughs> human being. I'm not saying that I don't believe in love. I'm just saying that I think that there are people that, you know, go to a deeper extent into like, oh, yeah. this is my feelings. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. No, I, I don't say... picture you as one of those guys. I I think I should win the Bachelorette. I've said this for a while. Oh boy! But I I, oh I would have to no. I I would say this. I would have to get a little bit more attractive. <laughs> I would have to go to the gym for probably like six months, get that bachelor body, and I could win it. And maybe like grow some facial hair. Because every single guy who's won the Bachelor has facial hair. This is a fact. And they all look the same. So yeah, they all like, look the same. They're all like white guys from like Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you. Could, it's. I don't think it's that hard. No, it. it yeah, and especially for you, because I. I really. There are a lot I of these guys it. who I really don't know. Like this is to me when I watch this show, it's just like taking all the hot people who have never ever had to work to get somebody in their, their life. Their jobs are preposterous. True. And they. The, yeah, it, it's like the Hallmark <laughs> Channel. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a hedge fund manager, and his uncle <laughs> is yeah. eccentrically rich. Like, that's these people's job. It's hilarious. I want to say one last thing before we move on. I don't get this at all. I think the guys sort of do it in The Bachelorette. The girls being so buddy-buddy with each other bugs me. You're on a competition. Like, stop. Stop, like, holding hands as you go, girl. Like, I'm so happy you had a great time with Pete. You shouldn't be happy. Are you trying to win the show? Yeah. You, You shouldn't be happy. Which is why, yeah. like, as much as I, I think Hannah Ann is evil, she's playing the game the right way. Like, the sheer, the the evilness and the hatred you have to feel for somebody, when Kelsey comes over, she's literally sobbing. And she's she's been Kelsey crying in the stinks. bathroom. Oh, my and God, And Kelsey's like, her. just admit that you knew it was my champagne bottle. And, and Hannah Ann's just like, I acknowledge your feelings. That was. <laughs> I, this is an apology. That was the most savage thing I've ever seen. Well, Hannah Ann did that week one where she gave you that look and you're like, uh-oh, there might be like a full-on fight. Right there, I thought there was going to be a full-on fight. And then the audacity for Hannah Ann to go on later and tell oh. Pete, I think Kelsey's bullying me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pete's just like, I-, I guess we have to talk about this. And Pete's like, this is anti-bullying. Kelsey, we don't bully here on The Bachelor. Dude, oh my. First of all, why would you even ask? Like, hey, Pete, this is what happened. I'm so sorry. Because like, the producer told her to. I, I guess. That's why. Okay. Because it's fake. Okay. We, but come on. Don't be a party pooper. I, I am the devil's advocate when it comes okay. to The Bachelor. Okay, we're going to have to have, like, an impact radio just sit down and watch an episode of The Bachelor. It's so, so you can understand the best that for- this, is, this, is, this is like a sporting event. It basically is because everyone tweets about it now and everyone in sports media watches The Bachelor. The thing that's great about The Bachelor, though— is that there's literally, for, like, these Latinx couple of weeks, as we're not on, like, the hometowns and, like, all the good episodes. Like, the first episode's the best episode of the season, and then you gotta wait, like, a couple months for the really yeah. good episodes. There's basically, like, two hours of slop. 
And then the promos are just so good, they just loop you back in. The promos are great. And no, the, no, I like that because now they keep showing like what's going to happen in oh, the yeah. later, later episodes. Pan, and I'm like, like wow. Pete, Pete's mom crying. Like, come on. Bring Pete's her pa- back. Pete's, Pete's parents suck. I can't stand Pete's parents. You're like, who? How could I? I don't who know. Who renews their vows after 33 years? They did it for the show. And then who because okays the Because the producers the told them to. They're going to be pictures with uh, Madison. Oh, yeah. That's so them. weird. Like, that's just weird. Like, come on now. I feel like renewing your vows is just like a, a nice flex. I also still don't understand who's Cuban in his family. I don't know either. Because I, I just, I see no, his, he even, at one point he speaks Spanish during that part, and it, it sounds like he struggles. It sounds like me when I took honor Spanish in high school, where I'm like, yo, Personally, soy. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's, it's weird. And I'm like, I don't, are you actually, is this real? What is, what is renewing your vows going to do for you? I don't, I like, this is invigorate <laughs> your love, Collins. Yeah, it's not, you should know you're the rom-com guy. I feel like in every rom-com, when people renew their vows, it's basically because the guy cheated on his <laughs> wife. And then it's just like, you know what, honey, let's renew our vows. Yeah. I feel like renewing your vows is just like not a good sign of your relationship. I feel like he definitely cheated on you. <laughs> <laughs> Revelation in the fifth yeah, episode. Wow. No, but no, honestly, dude, renew, like, I don't know. Don't get it. Either way, uh, very crazy episode. We didn't even really hit on it, but just to recap what happened, the champ- basically Hannah Ann took Kelsey's champagne bottle that she had been holding for years to give to Pete, um, and then they drank it, and then Kelsey tried to redo it with another bottle of champagne, and then she's sitting there, Pete's like, would you like a cup? Uh, and she's like, no, I'll just take the bottle. Dude, that Tries was to such drink a out tough of it. it sprays back in her face. <laughs> it was wonderful. By the way, my mom just texted me. She goes, Ryan, you know women cheat on men too. I would say thanks, mom. I thanks for the text. I get thanks for listening, mom. But the champagne was such a tough look. That was like she was so cocky about it. She was so cocky about it. She's like, let me take this champagne all over her face. Just completely embarrassed herself. Oh my goodness! College, I, I can't you're killing us, your mom. <laughs> that was funny. That was yeah. great. Shout out to her listening. Yeah, shout out Amory. Love you. Okay. Thanks for Wonderful. thanks for yeah, keeping yeah. it keeping yeah. it equal too. Yes, like yeah. It, yeah. Both genders are equal opportunity cheaters. Yes, yes I guess. I, yeah. Also, before we get out of here, I just want to shout out Victoria F for pretty much she's playing the game right. She's uh, based everything off of the fact that she's very insecure, which I think is not true. Oh, you're on the Bachelor. That was bugging me too. She's like, oh, I can't do this. I'm so scared. And then you walk out in lingerie. Smart. It, 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 at the fashion show, make out with Pete in front of like a bunch of people. So don't give me your insecure. No one's insecure on The Bachelor. They're all there to get Instagram famous. He's so in you're not Pete's in- head. Pete's sitting there. He's like, oh, I feel so bad for Victoria. She feels so less than all these other girls. And she's like, actually, I know she, I'm hot. She, I know I'm great. She kind of looks like bad baby. Does any, has anyone seen that? Is she that really annoying like girl the, the that's catch always me outside? on Snapchat? Yeah. Mm, bad baby, yeah. yeah. She's yeah, the catch me outside girl. Yeah. Oh she, yeah, that's her. Yeah. The, catch me outside. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what Victoria F looks yeah. like. You think so? A little bit. Um, I mean, because I would assume that, are they from the same area, like that Miami Miami beach? Okay, I don't area? know. Now, I don't know. now I feel like we're just going. I, I feel like there are so. a lot of girls that I feel like look the same if you just yes. look in that area, but every single girl, every single girl, Julian. <laughs> Every single girl in the show, I swear to God, is from Tennessee. Like I swear, it's every- because it's the drawl. No, that's what, that's yeah, what the producers look- are looking for. 
I get, but they're like all from Tennessee. Like, do they have? And, and it would be like Tennessee yeah. or Denver. And they always, they always work to kill the stereotype because they're. You start off first with the intros, and you're like, oh, especially like Madison, yeah, or Hannah Ann. Like Madison comes in, she's like, played basketball at Auburn, so nice and this and that. And then like that it is just so, shows that she's like yeah. not a great, not a nice person at all. She's actually out to kill you, dude. Madison's on a win, by the way. She's done a win. She's. She's done a win. I could see it. I could Madison's see it. on a win. Hannah Ann's a force, though. Han- no, like, Hannah I'm Ann- very interested to see who takes Hannah Ann out. Hannah Ann will be a star on Bachelor in Paradise. An absolute star. But she she doesn't mm. have the chops to win the Bachelor. <laughs> she, doesn't the she doesn't have the chops. I have a question. What? When do they, like, film this? Like, I, how far in advance has this been, like, It's re- dark recorded? now. Yeah, so, like, he, It's, like, two months of filming, He's I already think. picked somebody, and they're, like, right. together, but he has to hide it all. So, I think, because what, is it filmed over the summer? I don't know. Now? I think it's, like, right after Bachelor in Paradise they film it. So... It, well, that it, doesn't help me on I the know timeline. That. <laughs> I know that. So, I think if you it's... know the Bachelor in Paradise filming schedule. Yeah, then, then, yeah. then, then you've got it down. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's sometime in the fall. Because they they're, they like showed a clip where they go to the Browns field or something. I don't know. I think it's in the fall. In the fall. Huh. Okay. So, how does it not leak? It does. Oh, okay. You just got to keep your eyes peeled. You just don't want to be the... All right. That, that's like a thing you got to do. You cannot look online. My sister used to get really mad at me because when she used to watch a show, I would do it, and I would just know <laughs> who won. She's like, Ryan, you suck. I was like, sorry. Whatever. Crazy. Crazy, but a crazy episode of The Bachelor. Champagne, yes. Champagne Gate is all around us. Um, stick around. Next Sunday, we'll talk about episode three, maybe. Yep. We, might, maybe, do it. we yeah. might do it every other week schedule. We're, we're figuring out what we're going to do with The Bachelor, but a lot of stuff is going down, so we might yes. be here every week with it. Um We'll get back to some sports talk on the other side of this break. Again, you want to call or text or tweet at us to be involved with the show, you can tweet at us at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GWReport. Call in at 517-432-3893 or text us at 517-884-8989. We'll be back after the break. NBA talk and NFL to end out the last half hour of the show. Maestro, please. Impact 89 FM. Hey mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Another day in the life of an Impact DJ. Great show, everybody. Thanks. Yeah. I'll see you guys tomorrow, then. See you, man. Great tune. I think I left some nachos in my car. There he is! (laughs) I love you, man! I love you! Why? Because unlike some stations, the Impact actually has DJs. Will you sign my face? MSU students are welcome to apply at impact89fm.org. The music that matters. 88.9 Impact. Oh, is my mic on? There we go. And we back. <laughs> we back. I know. Did you cue this up after we had talked about it? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Love it. I, thanks for the bleep. I, it's a clean version. I, I did get scared clean for two version. seconds. I was clean like, version. Where's, my, where's my bleep? Uh, but yeah. good clean up there. 
Moving in, last half hour of the Green and White Report here on this Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to start off with some NBA talk in our professional sports kind of segment of the show uh, today. Starting with NBA, I want to just go over some quick highlights. We haven't talked NBA in a while. Yeah. Um, we will, I believe, may, it will get posted maybe pretty soon. Have an NBA podcast going on Ooh. at Impact, so make sure you tune into that. Are you Trent, a part of that? Uh, I was not for the first episode. Uh, Trent Bally's heading that up. I okay, think I'm going to be on a couple of episodes, but uh, gotcha. he's he's leading the effort. And they were here Friday morning, I believe. So. Yeah. Make sure to stay live for that content. We're on Spotify, so make sure you get, Ooh, yeah. it, get at us on Spotify. Check out all the podcasts. Um, but last night. Lakers with a big win against Houston uh, last night on the road as well. Big road win for the Lakers. I, I want to ask you, Collins, you look at this Lakers team playing some of the best basketball in the league right now. LeBron's look great. The whole team's look great. I mean, yeah. Kentavious Caldwell Pope dropped 20 last night. First of all, speaking of KCP, I know he was on the Pistons, but yesterday he tweeted it, and I was like, why do I follow KCP? I was like, <laughs> so, I was so bewildered by follow him. But, yeah, KCP is actually playing pretty well for them. If you're the Lakers and AD hasn't played in five games and they haven't yeah. really missed a beat, I mean LeBron's just a flat out monster. That's just how it is. What if you're a Houston Rockets fan though? I gotta ask you. I don't know like how you do it. Like they made all these moves and they stink. I I, I know their record's not that. Good. Their record, <laughs> they're gonna lose in the first round of the playoffs. I truly believe that. See, I'm 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 waiting out because I know there's gonna be a move at some point for another piece. Yeah, but like, what piece do you bring in with Russ and James that works? I just I that was such a I don't know. And like, I get Chris Paul and James wasn't necessarily the best fit either. But Chris Paul's at the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs. He's probably played like an all star. They this look year. good. And S- SGA looks good. Shea, Shea Gilgis, Gilgis out. Yeah. Whew. He looks good. He looks It, it would have been nice if the Pistons had that pitch, but no, we had to trade for Blake Griffin. It's all right. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, so I did want to ask you about the Lakers. As of right now, are they your outright favorite to win no. the title? No. It's the Clippers. You still got the Clippers? Clipper, like, they don't play Paul George and Kawhi. Like, I don't think they. I don't know what the number total is. How many games they've played they play, together? Yeah. It's got to be like in the fifteen to like twenty range, I guess. Did they? I missed the game yesterday. Did they play yesterday? I don't think Paul George did. I should be incorrect. Yeah. I didn't watch that. But I'm checking. But yeah, they they stagger. One of them is usually yeah. it's Kawhi who's off on load management. But like you look at this Clippers team, the Clippers are just deeper, and I I get that doesn't necessarily translate in the NBA playoffs. But, like, you got Lou Williams as your sixth man, and you got Montrezl Harrell, your seventh man. That's almost impossible for any other team in the NBA to kind of, like, deal with that. Because those two guys are, what, top 40 NBA players? Like, that, yeah, I, I would, yeah. And, like, they're their fifth and sixth man. And I understand they're not their fifth and sixth best players, but, and you just look, I think Kawhi, when Kawhi plays, he's just the best all-around player in the NBA still, and he does his impact on the game. And you saw it last year with Toronto; he can just take over games both sides of the court. He can, yeah. And and when you've seen the Lakers and Clippers play, you've kind of seen that weakness with the Lakers' bids. Like Anthony Davis is going to get his, but when Dwight Howard's not facing Andre Drummond, it, it like it, and has to face a guy who actually has offensive prowess. They've struggled. But Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee have been really good for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, JaVale McGee yeah. played well the other day. I will say, it, like, the Lakers are, like, a backup point guard away. That Not to be, like, talked about the Pistons, but 
Pistons trade Derrick Rose for Kyle Kuzma. Do that. That's what I was gonna. That's what one thing I want to talk about because Derrick Rose has had a fantastic. I think it's is it four straight games with twenty plus or yeah, something like know. that. He's but, he's way too good for what the Pistons need. The Pistons need to lose, and Derrick Rose is making us. He's win. trying to win games. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't like. Uh, and so I definitely think if you're the Lakers, that might be a guy you go out and get. Uh, yeah. I I mean, because I don't know. I mean, and obviously we're we're gonna near it and see who's gonna be more on the market towards that point. But I think they they do need another point guard. Yeah, I think at least Rondo's not been good for them this year. Yeah, Rondo hasn't been good. I mean, Rondo. The thing about Rondo is like, you at he's so unselfish. He's selfish. I mean, it's no. I don't know how to describe (laughs) it. Like you have to play at his pace, so it like just affects the offense so much that. It's not necessarily good because I, I understand that he'll be like, hey, AD needs to get a touch here. I'll get it to him. But half the time, it's just Rondo dribbling for 10 seconds and then assist hunting. And I, I don't know. I don't know why Twin Cook doesn't get more minutes. I'm a big I Twin, do like Cook. Twin Cook. I don't get it. But whatever. I mean. But yeah, Lake, uh, Lakers have been playing what do you, well. I mean, do you, I, I don't, you think the Lakers are favorites? I like. The, I do like the Lakers. I, I feel like I they're going to run out of the, gas, though. The depth is an issue. But I just that LeBron AD combination. I do think, and I was I was surprised because I didn't think Danny Green was going to play as well as he has. He's been really good for them, and he's been good. And so I I think you know if they're able to keep that going and they add a couple more pieces, um, to bring some more just shooting and solidifying around LeBron and AD, I think it could be good. I mean they've they're getting major production out of guys who I you could not have told me at the beginning of the season would be productive players for them. And LeBron's yeah, probably playing. Some of his best ball, right? He's I mean, twenty five, average twenty five, seven and ten so far on the season. I will say this: LeBron James is still a top five player in the NBA. I don't think he's the best player in the league anymore. Really? No, I think Giannis. You're, you're on the Kawhi train. Are you no, on the Giannis. Giannis? I think Giannis, Giannis still needs a three point jump shot. He does it enough where he he they're practic- He's practically unguardable. He's unguardable. Like you, you'll let him shoot even if he goes three for ten for three. They're still gonna step out on him. It's like the whole Joel Embiid thing. Joel Embiid just pump fates from three, and everybody like jumps at it for some reason. Yeah, but it makes no sense. I don't think anybody's jumping on Giannis, and I think it was like no. But you know what I'm saying? I did. I personally think Giannis is the best overall okay. player around the league. But when I look at this Lakers team, I think it's just gonna be like it's how AD plays in the playoffs. Yeah, because LeBron's gonna get his. He's gonna do what he does. If AD is as good as he's been, they're gonna make the Western Conference Finals, and I and I don't know if they win the title because I think the Bucks and the Lakers would be a, a hell of a finals. But I, I just, I NBA is so weird to me. NBA has been so boring this year. I can't. It's hard for me to turn on games. I think there's yeah. It, it's definitely. I think with the lack of there's no Clay Thompson. There's no Steph. I think you're missing a lot of people, a lot of exciting players to watch just night in and night out, and then especially with no Zion for the Pelicans, the the excitement level of some of these teams who get more of those national games, who people are usually going to see, like because there's not a lot of people who are nationally watching the Memphis Grizzlies and are being able to see what John Moran is doing in Memphis. Now that we have social media, though, by the way, Memphis yeah, is gonna, Memphis media. is going to win the. I mean, going to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they are. John Moran is John Moran. The team they have fueling them to a playoff run. I mean, Jaron Jackson and John Moran are both shooting forty percent from three point land. If you said like like Jaron Jackson's obviously a six eleven athletic freak, and he you saw him at Michigan say he could shoot the three, but forty percent in the NBA that's pretty impressive. John Moran, whereas one knock coming into college is that he couldn't shoot, 
that consistently shooting 40% from three. This team is a problem. They're going to be really – I always say this to my friends too. They're going to be really good, and then they're going to move to Seattle. All those <laughs> – Memphis is not going to be able to enjoy it. They're honestly – I feel like we, the NBA has just been sitting on a team in Seattle, just waiting to see who's who's the you know the small city up-and-coming team that we can just move. I get – I like what? Like why did they – I don't even know how – like that's such a weird story how the Sonics left yeah. in Seattle. They de- that, that's got to be a 30 for 30. Yeah. Good idea. That'd be, a, that'd be a good one. Yeah, but that'd my, be a one. shout out to Seattle Storm who've been holding out Seattle yeah. for that. I want to ask you, who's Sue Bird. Been here? Sue Bird. Yeah, shout that, out. Probably my, my thing, my favorite player. She's on ESPN now. She's pretty good. Yeah, she is. She is. I, she, yeah, she, I really like watching her play. Um, your who's been your favorite team to watch? I really like the Heat. I'm a, I'm a big Tyler Hero fan. Oh, I wasn't when he was at Kentucky. I you know it was another one for me. It was kind of like a Duke player. Yeah, like it was just the white guy who white, can yeah. shoot that you're like I hate this guy. He has the haircut. And I don't like it. Tyler Hero is the weirdest person, I think, on God's green earth. <laughs> because the way like he acts and talks, you think maybe he's like from, like I, you don't even know where he's from. He's from Wisconsin. He was Crazy. committed to play at Wisconsin. And now he's like this Miami hotshot. It's so weird. So weird. He was there to go play Bo Ryan basketball. <laughs> But like, no, he was gone. He's and like, that, I had decommit. No, and now he's like at Kentucky and then in Miami saying, I'm a bucket, saying all that stuff. Him and Jimmy Butler are like best friends, one of the weirdest duos in the NBA. But I, I mean, the Miami, I mean, Bam has been so good for them. Bam has been good. Kendrick Nunn has been good. Kendrick Nunn, shout out OU basketball. Where did uh, uh, Drizdane forever? I love what Yeah. Shout out to Red Campy, even though not that good of a coach. Sorry. But, uh, so, sorry, they've had talent. <laughs> they should have went to the tournament the last couple of years. Sorry. I get fired up about Oakland basketball. When I look at Miami, though, they're a non-factor. In the East, the East is just boring this year. Like, the Celtics, eh. Like, I, I get Jalen and Jason Tatum have been a lot better than they were last year, and Kemba's doing what he does. Yeah, Kemba's filled his role well. And, like, that's fine. And then, like, the 76ers is basically waiting for, like, are they going to trade Simmons? Like that's like, and that's how it feels like. And then the yeah. bots are just annihilating teams, so I can't watch them play. They're winning by like forty every game. They're they're killing teams. They had one twenty with six minutes left to go in the third quarter against the New York Nets. When I turned on a game, Shout not out not one twenty ninety eight. They were up like forty. Sorry, that was a complete false <laughs> thing I said there. One twenty, like yeah. it. But yeah, the East the East has been a problem. I don't it's, have a it's favorite very team lopsided. to watch. You don't have a favorite team to watch? Not right now. I really don't. There's, I've, there's a lot of good t- like the Pistons sucking has changed that too. The Pistons like were supposed to be somewhat watchable this year. They really aren't. They're you still kind- don't like them? I I mean, they're gross wa- off the backboard alley oop to to Drummond. Did I mean, I want Andre Drummond out bit? of town like tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I I feel very strongly about that. Famously, like, you called Andre Drummond a trash can after the Milwaukee series. <laughs> he was a trash can in that series. He just was, but I. They got to trade one of these guys. And I understand Atlanta broke off talks with them because they didn't want to give up a first rounder. Like, they just got to fit. They have to get some sort of value for him and Derrick Rose. You have to get some sort of first round pick with at least one of those guys. At least. If Andre Drummond is on this team during the All Star break, I will. I, I don't know what I'll do. I know the All Star break is before. I mean, uh, the trade deadline, I think, just before the All Star break now. I could be wrong, or is it after? Because I remember when Boogie got traded at the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. It might. I think it's after, but still, if Andre Drummond's on the team, like, 
on the Detroit Pistons by also a break. I don't I, like how do you get trade value out of them? You're not like. <sighs> do you see any movement as well on the Blake Griffin front? No, he's unmovable contract. He's oh, he, he's so injured. Yeah, I mean, I love Blake though. He's so cool. How do you? And that, how do you feel about Blake? He's so like cool. as, a, as a Pistons fan. Like, are you even though it has probably led to some very poor decisions in getting him, and obviously the fact is, as you talked about earlier with with Shea Gilgis, it, it hasn't been you know the greatest for the organization. But I do think he, as a as a star who moved from L.A. to here, he has probably been the most you know accommodating and welcoming to Detroit. Yeah, and I don't think he's done anything. Like, I mean, the guy's played his heart out. I felt like since he's been here. No, I mean, I love Blake. Blake is probably like my favorite. He's just like a funny dude. He like dates like really attractive people. So I think he, I just think he's like a cool guy and stuff like that. But that trade objectively set the Pistons back another three or four years. It ju- it just did because if you look at that year, they trade Tobias Harris and they trade Avery Bradley to get Blake. Honestly, if you if you they were smart. And they didn't have Stan Van Gundy basically coaching for his life. And they actually had a real GM working for them. They trade Tobias and Avery Bradley to get a pick or so in there. Because yeah. that was a really good draft. That was a deep draft. It was. Yeah. And they could have tanked and probably gotten a higher pick. And now you're like here with a couple pieces. And now that all this money is coming off the books finally this summer. And they actually have a little cap flexibility. Maybe you're ready to like work into some like higher paid guys and like complete this roster, but Blake just took out any chance you can do that. They have no cap flexibility because of his contract. But like as a player, I like Blake. He was he was objectively a top ten player, not top fifteen player in the league last year. He was good. He was, he was very really good. good. He was I, really I really good. Give him credit for expanding his game. He's yes. a guy who was not a threat from shoot shooting the ball, and now he has turned into that. So give him a lot of credit for that one. But uh, Pistons will be interesting to see who who moves, who's gone. From they have there. to move everyone. I have to <laughs> have to move have everyone. To. Um, so we'll see who they move. Keep up with some NBA talk. Uh, we're going to switch gears as we enter our last about 10 minutes or so here uh, to NFL. It's Championship Sunday, Woo. the National Football League. And so we're going to bring on Eric Bach here. He's going to talk some stuff with us, talk some shop with us as we go over the games today. Uh, a couple of things because we didn't get to hit on it because obviously those games were on Sunday. Uh, but the Chiefs rallying from a 24 nothing hole to win over the Texans. I. I have no words. I literally I had, I was watching it. I had the Texans probably eight different ways. I had them plus ten. I had I I bet them live. It wasn't even close. They went up twenty four to nothing. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be an easy cover. Wasn't even close to them covering because Bill O'Brien is a complete moron. Like I get the being aggressive. You're up twenty four seven and you do the fake punt, but like. There was I, that, not going for it. Yeah, when you're that up, was worse. Yeah, not that was going, bad. That was worse than the fake punt, in my opinion. Yeah, it, w- it was like fourth in an inch. Yeah, like go for it. Just put if they score a touchdown, that game's over. If it's twenty-eight to nothing, I truly that twenty-four to nothing and twenty-eight to nothing is four points. Yeah, but like yeah. the momentum is a lot different a lot if different. they go yeah. and they score a touchdown. I was there. sitting there watching with my dad when they decided to kick, and I and I said if they if they kick this, they're in trouble. Yeah, and and it, it, just like that, it flipped like at the yeah. at, at the snap of a finger. It just it, it was it was incredible. It was it was yeah. really and maybe the best part about the whole thing was Romo. Romo, oh yeah. Romo saying, "You're not a Romo guy." No, I love Romo. Oh, he, him just saying, "Well, Jim, 
you said it was over. It's not over. I'm telling you, it's not over. I'm telling you. And God. and Nance was like, don't put words in my mouth. It was it was just, it was great. <laughs> I'm not a Romo guy though. You're not, You're not a Romo guy. Really. I don't. I don't, I don't hate him. him. Yeah, I, I don't, don't hate him. him but I'm I do think this whole like. Oh, Romo's amazing. I, I'm, I, I'm, I in, he's amazing. I'm on the hype train. You're on the hype train? Yeah, and you know me. I don't get on hype no, trains. No, you don't. You don't. And, like, I'm not on the Gus Johnson hype train. That's Which been well documented. stupid. Don't we it, know it? It is crazy. Um, it is crazy. Don't, don't we know what do, you, what do you like about Romo? Because I guess the thing that bugs me is that people get so crazy about him predicting plays. I'm like, well, yeah, he played in the league. It's not you even should that. be able to do it's it. Not even, that's okay. not even what he I like about him. He does give good insight. Oh, he does. He has good analysis. But it's his, like, the way he presents it. It's like his enthusiasm for you can genuinely tell that he loves his job. And you could tell Booger loves his job, but everyone hates Booger. <laughs> I don't get it. Booger just says things that like the three of us could maybe go on there and probably just do the same thing as as Booger. I do. Well, the, the thing with Booger that did because he was on for um the Buffalo Buffalo yeah. game, yeah, and he went as he kept going over about how Josh Allen was playing so great, and then Allen decided to just like whatever he did in that last fourth quarter it just we spent like three quarters of yeah. play going oh josh allen is poised this yeah. guy looks great and then yeah. all of a sudden he's like oh, i'm just gonna throw a pass behind my back yeah the best thing the best thing about booger are the memes that people say when they're like stating the obvious and it's booger like talking on his big like booger mobile that he had last year they say they're gonna bring romo to monday night yeah. they should bring back the booger mobile oh i don't think <laughs> why not i think booger's gonna get booted back to the studio if romo comes back yeah. but Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Chiefs win over the Texans, and then uh, later on the Packers take down the Seahawks. It ended up being a close game, but really wasn't for, it was for, for most of no. it. Was it? it? I, Ru- really, I, didn't, I wasn't afraid of Seattle. Dude, I don't know what Seattle's offensive steam is. They have, like, their eighth-string running bats playing, and they're just like, you know what, let's establish the run. At <laughs> some point, like, can we just be like, hey, Russell Wilson, here's the keys to the car. Like, just go make some plays. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's, it's like Daryl Bevel's still there. Well, Daryl Bevel did a good job <laughs> for the Lions this year. No, he did. He really did. Brian Schottenheimer, I believe, who is their offensive coordinator, just loves to run the football. Loves it. I'm like, you're down 24 to, like, 7. Let's not run the football. Whatever. But, I mean, the Packers, eh. They're, they're, I, we said it last Sunday. They're a very eh team. And I think that's evident by the, the eh. 28 to 23 when they squeaked yeah. out over Seattle in that one. Uh, so the championship games have been set with that. Uh, AFC Chiefs, Titans at Arrowhead, NFC 49ers, Packers. We're ending out the show here. Want to get your picks? We'll start first with the AFC championship. I think that I, I Kansas City's in a house. The Titans today. They I I know that Tennessee's been able to run the football on everyone, which I do think they'll be able to run the football on Kansas City because I don't think Kansas City's defense is very good. But Patrick Mahomes is going to light up that Tennessee defense. I, I, I truly believe that. I don't think Tennessee's defense is that good. I, I just think Kansas City is due to get to the Super Bowl and Andy Reid's due to get back to the Super Bowl. I think they go ballistic today in Arrowhead. I that's going to be the question for me is can Tennessee keep up with whatever the Chiefs put on the board and and for me it's a no I think the Titans are going to do what they can I think Henry is going to have a great day he's going to have a field day running against this defense but I don't what the Mahomes and the Chiefs can put up on the board I don't think the Titans can spot it no I I don't either but the whole thing is like Tannehill's gonna have to beat the Chiefs I like the way the Tennessee Titans play, they honestly could throw Marcus Mariota back out there and they'd be getting the same results. 
Like, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for them if Derrick Henry's going to rush for 180 yards and throw touchdowns in the red zone, too. But I, I, I just think the Chiefs are better. And I also pit the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, so I would like them to win today. There you go. I say Chiefs close. Okay. I think that the Chiefs, like you said, they they should have gone to the Super Bowl last year. The Patriots absolutely stole that game, yep. the AFC Championship last year in Arrowhead. I, everything you said about Andy Reid is is good for me. I think I think the Titans though, Derrick Henry's as as good as it gets. Yeah, and Tannehill has been good enough. Mike Vrabel knows the Chiefs. I don't know something about they're just so poised. Yeah, they went into Baltimore and and just stomped the Ravens. It they're not going to be phased by Arrowhead. No, no, I agree. Doesn't it feel though that one of these teams, as we talked about the Packers? Uh, 49ers. It feels like one of these teams is going to be a blowout. No, I know, one I know of them bo- always is. I know both teams are seven and a half point favorites in Vegas. I feel like the 49ers are in a house that Packers again. I would, yeah, if I was, and to I know pick they did it the early. Two, yeah, yeah. I would hundred. I would pick 49ers. Oh, Packers me too. To be a blowout. Me too. More than Chiefs. And Titans. I and I know the Packers have blowed out in Santa Clara earlier, like on Sunday night. It was this 37-9. Year. Yeah, and it wasn't even that close. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Packers couldn't move the football. It's just. This 49ers team plays the best complimentary football out of any of, the, any of these teams left. Because their defense, their defensive line is probably the best defensive line in the NFL in the last three years or yeah. so. Like, they have dudes everywhere. The one doubt I have about the 49ers is if it comes down to crunch time, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to make the play to win the game? That's fair. And if it comes down to crunch time, give me Aaron Rodgers every single time. Dude, but the thing about Rodgers, I mean... Last week was so vintage Rodgers where it was a third down. Yeah. Every third down he had, guess what? He was picking it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he just like. Like he, always. Yep. Yep. And I will say this. After watching him play the Lions the last week of the year, I was like, you know what? Maybe Aaron Rodgers has fallen off because he played horrible in Detroit in the last week of the year. Yep. But it's still Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. You gotta expect that they're gonna show up at least early, but I just think the 49ers are so much better they're than them. They're stronger everywhere yeah, else. So much better. But if it comes down to which quarterback can make a play at the end of the game, give me Aaron Rodgers a hundred times out of a hundred like, over I, Garoppolo. I just think the Packers are not that good. It's just weird. They went thirteen and three. Yeah, it's wild. They did not feel like a thirteen and three football team. I mean, I don't the, know. the NFC North in general. I, the Vikings were eh. And the yeah. Bears were way down, and obviously we know how the Lions did. But Lions anyway, stunk. time for us to go, I think. Yeah, it is time for us to go. So we got Chiefs-Niners across the board. Oh, yes. yeah. Chief, All right. Yeah, Chiefs-Niners. So Niners. Chiefs-Niners, our picks from the Green and White Report. Um, and, yeah, that'll be it. We've hit the 1 o'clock mark, actually 101. So we're going to end out the show. Uh, enjoy your championship Sunday. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Do something for MLK. Help fulfill the dream. You've been listening to the Green and White Report. Right? Report. Jesus. Uh, join us next Sunday and every Sunday at 11 a.m. I'm Julian Mitchell by Ryan Collins, Eric Block. We'll see you next Sunday. You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org sports.